Hello and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. There's all kinds of family, and we chose this one. This is episode 235, Too Fast, Too Furious, Lap 11. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Two, and this episode's brought to you by Liquid Gravity Brewing. I recommend you try their Miami Heist Hazy Double IPA. It is brewed with Centennial and Citra hops. Check out the Miami Heist Double IPA at Liquid Gravity Brewing. Well, shout out to Liquid Gravity and Joe. Welcome to the first podcast in the Fast X era. Oh, I'm so excited. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But Joe, extracurricular activities. What have you been up to since we last spoke? Nothing super much. I had like a little bit of a cold, so I wasn't doing much. But Friday, uh, Rachel started some seedlings for the garden cool. this year. And um, I already have some sprouts. So what are you what are you growing? Like what? seedlings uh tomates some green beans some green peppers some basil because we ate like a ton of pesto basil last... please basil, basil. yeah some basil that's it that i can remember cool but yeah a ton of tomatoes because we like blew through a ton of tomatoes last year so uh yeah i'm getting excited for that they're always fun to just like watch them get moving and um that's pretty much it. Uh, oh, we recently started Better Call Saul because the last season's out. Um, I oh, wait, you've never seen any of it? I've seen, like, the first season or two, but I was okay. watching it while Rachel was, like, working at night. Uh, oh, right, 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 right. So right. I was watching it without her, so she was like, yeah, I'll give it a shot. And so uh, we're going through, like, the first season of it now, and we'll catch up and watch the end. But that's been pretty much it TV-wise. And entertainment-wise, yeah, I had, like, a really gentle weekend, but that's it. How about you? Sunday was Easter, so I went to my parents' house for Easter. They cool. are moving soon, so it was the last Easter in that house, which is, you know... We had three last Christmases. I guess we've had three last yeah. Easters, too, but it wasn't as, you know, whatever. Did I they have a watched... new house? Did they, like, did they buy somewhere no, they're No, they're going gonna to move in with my sister for the time being while oh, they cool. look for a place down there, so... Okay, and they decided on tech. I thought because I th- thought they were going to the Carolinas, but they're going no, to Texas no, no, now. No, 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 no. It's Texas. It's been Texas for a while. But okay, yeah. cool. I uh, got my house painted today. It's in the process of getting Looks painted, beautiful. and not in the Irishman sense. I heard you paint houses, but actually, literally paint houses. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's going from green to blue, which is very exciting. You picked a great color. I saw a picture. It looks awesome. They look like they're doing a good job. Um, and I really like the color. Yeah, I do. Cool. Yeah. So it'll be done by the time this episode comes out, even for patrons. It should be done by then. So that's very exciting. I watched. I don't know. Okay. I know why. It's kind of dumb. Not really dumb. But six years ago, five years ago, Easter 2017, I was watching. We were doing Cinemakers. Me, Mike, and Tobin were doing Cinemakers, Steven okay. Soderbergh. And on Easter, I watched Out of Sight, which is the Clooney, J-Lo movie. And I was like, I love this movie. I've seen this movie before. I love this movie. I want to watch this more. So this is now an Easter tradition. So okay. now for the five Easters since then, so six Easters in a row, I have watched Out of Sight. It has nothing to do with Easter. Absolutely nothing to do with Easter. But it's my Easter movie, and it's great. It's perfect. If you've it's not tied seen in Out your of own Sight, brain to Easter. You just linked Not even – like this – yeah, kind of. I was just like, oh, all right. I got to watch this movie again. So yeah. So I watched Out of Sight on Sunday. Uh, Bob and I started last night the first episode of Ozark. Because we, oh. what did we finish? We finished Severance. Because he didn't just remotely watch one every other day. No, we did Severance a while ago. Oh, we finished Minx. 
that HBO Max show yeah. I was talking about last week, whatever. But we watched the first episode of Ozark. Have you seen – did you watch Ozark? I can't remember if you like it or haven't seen it yet. Rachel and I watched like one or two episodes of it and we couldn't get into it. Her parents love it. Um, it was on our like, oh, we should probably do this because I think it just finished or is releasing the last season, right? Yeah, they're doing, I think, the Sopranos thing now. Well, I guess, you know, everybody's done it since then, where they split in the final season into two halves. So I think it's like 14. Like, I think the first three, and I might not have these numbers wrong, but like, I think the first three seasons are like 10 episodes each, or the fourth one, the final one's going to be like 14 or something. It'll be like seven and seven. And they did seven and seven. So the first seven are out. So, and yeah. so we watched it. I, he seems to have liked it more because, you know, we were texting while we were watching, and he seems to like it more than I did, but I still liked it. I've heard great things. Like, I've heard nothing but great things. So, like, it's on our to-do list. It, it, we were, like, when we picked Better Call Saul, we were debating between this and Ozark, and we picked Better Call Saul because we were like, oh, like, we keep seeing commercials, like, last season, like, coming out. Right, so yeah, we're yeah, like, yeah. okay, so, like, by the time we catch up, it'll be like, okay, we could watch, like, the last couple or whatever, so. Right, yes. Um, so that's, we did that. So, you know, it's just very slow. I think we're going to alternate those seasons with whatever. Um, so we're probably going to finish whatever, it for like months. A show or whatever, is whatever the name of a specific no, show? No, no, just, you... uh, we, we don't know. I don't know yet. Like we're going to watch like, the first season of Ozark. Then we'll watch a season of something else. We'll watch the second season of Ozark. Okay. We'll, okay you know, cool. whatever. So that's fun. Yes. My favorite TV show, whatever. Hey uh, man, you the... watch a lot of shit that I've never heard of. So I like. Know. It could have been a show that you're like, yeah, the new show, whatever, with like 17 actors, you There's know. There's got to be a TV show. Let's see. IMDb, whatever. There has to be. There was two movies called Whatever, one from 98 and one from 99, which fits feels very appropriate. Yes. 98 has been seen by 1,000 people. 99 has been seen by either. Oh, when we were watching The X-Files, there's this other show that Chris Carter made called Millennium. Have you heard of Millennium? Only from you, I think. But go ahead. So Millennium takes place in like the Pacific Northwest, and it like the season or the series finale like crossed over with the X Files because either got canceled or oh, I don't know okay, what. Cool. The goal was to watch the watch Millennium in line, like in release order with the X Files, and then oh, like you know fun. we would get to yeah. the finale. Yeah. Halfway through the first episode, I'm like, I can't do this, guys. I I'm sorry, this show is terrible. It's that I have bad. No interest in this. It's just like. It's not the worst thing I've ever seen, but it was one of those things where I'm like, okay, if we're going to watch two episodes of The X-Files every Saturday night, like, I look forward to it or whatever, right? And then to watch this bullshit instead, like, not only am I not liking it, but it also means that week that we're not watching The X-Files. Yep. And I was just like, there's too much going on here that I can't, like, I wish you guys all the luck in the world. If you want to keep watching it, please keep watching it, but I don't want to. And I think we might, I gave it one more episode, and then I don't know that they've even watched episode three. I think they were going to, but whatever. But when we're talking about whatever the you know how every i don't know if you know probably you might know the end of every x-files intro ends with the text on like the lightning background screen that just says the truth is out there right like it's just every episode some episodes have a different thing whatever it's like ooh, this is a special one but every intro for millennium ends with just dot 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 who cares and it's like, what, what? Why Why are you, like, downplaying your own thing? Like, who cares about <laughs> this bullshit? And, like, I, I guess it's, like, the disaffected, like, grunge era Pacific Northwest or whatever. But it's also just, like, give me something, man. Like, don't be like, oh, who cares about my show? It's like, no, people care. So, also, whatever. <laughs> but also, you know, I've been just playing – I was telling you that I, I've been playing a ton of Elden Ring. I have – so there's the hardest boss in the game, I think, is the one I'm trying to beat now. There's this whole lore – have you? Do you know anything about pop from pop culture about 
this like character let me solo her have you seen these words have you seen this do you know about I, this I've at all seen, or no I've, I've seen it but i had no idea where it came from go ahead so there's this boss in elden ring called melania sword of mikola and she is very difficult and not only is she hard and she's fast and she hits hard but every time she hits you she drains your life so like not only is she hurting you but she's also absorbed she's like you know gaining her health back it's very very difficult okay, okay. and she has two phases and the second phase I, whatever it's hard there was this summon that went viral on Reddit. So in the game, you can summon, like, non-playable characters that, like, you meet. Like, if you can, if you do their quest, like, they will join you for certain battles. Okay. There's, like, these, like, Makes spirits sense. you can summon. But also, there's multiplayer summon. So, like, if you're on a computer, you can, in theory, summon anybody. So if your friends want to help you, if you just need a stranger, if you just can't do this. Oh, okay, cool. So there was this thing on reddit that said i was trying to beat her it took me like 200 tries i couldn't do it i wanted i just wanted to get done with it so i summoned and i looked for a summon and there was this guy that just said let me solo her and so if this guy who is his attire is he's naked except he's got like a little loincloth on and he's got a jar around his head and he's got two katanas okay and this guy has perfected this battle and so he all he does now seemingly is just wait at the ready for people to summon him to fight this boss and he wins every time and so wow. because okay. of just like the name and the look and the fact that he's so effortlessly beating like i mean the thing with this game is like it's very very difficult but like every boss has a pattern and like once you figure out how to beat them it's not the hardest thing in the world it's just about executing maybe getting a little lucky or whatever right so yeah, like yeah. once you know you can do it but He's just beating her over and over and over again. So there's all of this like fan art commemorating him and like drawing him in things. And people are like 3D printing statues of him. <laughs> and he's doing interviews now. And like this, it's this whole like cultural phenomenon. Like he's like the first like, you know, celebrity of Elden Ring because like he's just, he's single handedly like messing up the hardest boss in the game. Yeah. So she's the one that I'm on now. I can't summon him as far as I know because it's not cross-platform. And so he's a piece, he plays on PC and uh, okay. I'm on Xbox. Not that I would want to, but at the same time, it's kind of cool. So I think they even like modded the computer, like somebody modded the computer version to like, you can summon him as a spirit or at least someone who looks like him. So uh, it's pretty cool. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm on that. And then I have, I think like... I, I don't know if there's anything in between. I don't know how much of the main story I've left, but I'm pretty sure the next like real boss I fight in the story is the final one. So I'm like very close, okay. theoretically, unless I really just can't beat Melania. By the time we record next, I will have beaten Elden Ring. But I'm like 112 hours in or something. Like I've spent so much time. I spent more time playing this game than any other like story game in like a decade or more i can't like i've spent more time playing spelunky but like it's the same thing over like i had just gotten sucked into this game and it's awesome but yeah elden ring again rules so i have like two bosses left i have melania and then the final boss or whatever and then you can you can go back in like a good new game plus and just keep going or whatever so i might do that i don't know tbd but i'm also gonna be glad to just be like i can do other things i'm not gonna have in my entire mind you know focused on this one game right so yeah who knows but anyway it's great and that's basically it, I think, for extracurricular activities. We have a Patreon page, TooFastToForever.com. Shout out to you, Cassie Wilson, Ben Milliman, Nick Burris, Alex Ellen, and Justin Kleiman, Brian Rodriguez of High School Ooh. Slumber Party, Haley Gerbys, Wes Hampton, Jerry Robinson, Dan the Duke, Hayden Renano, D. Donato, Michael McGann, Lane Middleton, Lindsay Lewandowski, Nate Milton of the Kings of Sport, Jason Rainey, and Jessica Collins, a.k.a. Mon. Tez. 
Thank you all for supporting the $5 a month level or above. We just got one of the things from the email today is that uh, Jason Rainey took the first quiz. So you have access to the Fast and Furious Minute quizzes if you're a patron oh, yeah. at TooFastToForever.com. What did he do? How did he Let's do? Let's see how he did. Well, we don't want to put him on blast, but... We... No, he got 78, which I would say is passing. Yeah, that quiz is fucking hard. Yeah, what was our difficult. high scores? Like we, I don't think either of us broke 100, so... I think uh, I was like 96 or something. Nick Burris got a 94. I got a 113. I got 113 out of 113 when I took it again a couple days later. I'm like, I remembered it. Uh, when we did it on air or whatever, I got an 84. You got a 93. And then Ben Milliman got a 92. So the high water mark is Nick Burris's 94. Nice. Then yeah. you at 93, then Ben at 92. So 78, if we curve that up to, you know, curve you up to basically, or Nick up to 113, Jason's right about 100 or so. So pretty yeah. good. Yeah, not bad. It's it's insanely difficult. So yes. I mean, there's people who have taken it, have gotten in the 40s, in the 60s. So And those are actually pretty respectable scores. Like they're not like, they're not like shame worthy. Like that's. Quiz so hard. Quiz so hard. So hard. Yeah. The hardest question, apparently, four out of 15 people have gotten what number can be found on the train that Dom and Brian jump in front of? 13? Oh, no. no Do you know the number? It's like uh, 29, 8, 89. No, 31, 34, but we have four different numbers that all look the same, so. Okay, fun. Yeah, boy, yeah. But yes, so shout out to Jason Rainey, but that's a perk. If you join the Patreon, TooFastYouVer.com, you get access to quizzes, bonus episodes, early access, all sorts of stuff at TooFast forever.com and if you don't want to do that if you just want to let us know you're listening or both either way too fast or family at cageclub.me send us a note joe we have a new comment not on heat so our heat okay. episode very very long <laughs> yes roughly five minutes shorter than the movie so i would imagine at some point people are going to be mad that it's not the actual movie heat it's just us talking about heat we've not gotten those yet but we did get one from fast eddie you want to guess what? What? Uh, there's only a couple, and it's it's one of the it's one of the few. But which movie do you think Fast Eddie is not thrilled about our episode on? Two Lane Blacktop. Two Lane Blacktop. Fast Eddie just says <laughs> total suck. <laughs> and so I googled total suck or something, and I found a slogan for an old vacuum cleaner. I responded, "Nothing sucks like Electrolux," but Fast Eddie has not responded yet. Uh, Shout out to Fast Eddie. Thank you for listening. Thank you for letting us know you're out there. Total suck on Tulane Blacktop. But the actual email from Jerry Robinson, subject line, new rankings list. What up, Jerry? How are you doing, bud? So Jerry sends in. He's doing well. Happy 420 to Jerry because he says, hey, guys, a random idea came to mind that Ileana and I did was watch the movies. But after a few good puffs from an enjoyable strand, I put together a list starting from least to best. Okay. From 10 up, he ranks all 10. Happy 420, Jerry. His number 10, Hobbs and Shaw, drops from 8 down to 10. Okay. Number 9, he does not have reasons for any of these, he's just the numbers. That's fine. Number 9, he has Too Fast, which jumps from 7 to 9, so falls a couple. Okay. Number 8, he has 1F1F, which goes from 3 all the way down to 8. Jeez, okay. Oh, wait, no, no, no. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I misread this email. Okay, here we go. I don't know that these are like official. This is more of like a Joe 2 kind of ranking where it's how enjoyable the movie is. Yeah, there you go. Okay. okay. So now, so that's in reverse. I sort of spoiled the end of the list. But from the bottom up, least enjoyable, four. 
He says four is least enjoyable. Okay. Then number two, nine. Okay. Then six. Then seven. Then eight. So I feel it's strange that eight is more enjoyable than seven and six, but maybe that baby scene bumps it up. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, hey, if you're sitting there and you're like the chipmunks, Alvin and the chipmunks, I dig it. And then here we go, three, then five, then one, two, Hobbs. So Hobbs, the most enjoyable. You keep saying Hobbs and Shaw is a fun movie. It's a That's lot of fun. defense of it. Yeah. But, yeah, so sorry, Jerry, that I misinterpreted your list, but I figured it out while we were doing it. But, yeah, after a few good puffs, from an enjoyable standpoint, starting from least to best. So four is the least enjoyable, Hobbs and Shaw, most enjoyable. I'm glad that Jerry agrees. I think that, yeah, I think the movie gets, like, rightfully so, it gets some criticisms because it is presented by the fast and the furious but like if you just took it as a standalone movie you'd be like oh this is a really fun the rock and jason statham movie so he says that was fun to make and after watching new girl which is also fun to watch high that's all i got for now be fast never last don't get past you'll lose that ass no monica thank you jerry Jerry. for writing in if you want to email in family at cageclub.me we'll read on the next episode we also have a store too fast, too forever. Shop. No new designs there yet, but I will get them up eventually. I wore my Cha 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 shirt to work yesterday. Cool, very cool. Did anybody comment on it or no? No, nobody had any idea what it was, and I get a lot of comments on like random T-shirts I wear to work. So like, I know people like notice them, but I mm-hmm. think everybody's just like very confused what the Cha 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 one is about. Yeah. Hey, whatever. Too fast, too forever. Shop for those. And if you have not yet, if you want to leave us a review on. Apple Podcasts or whatever, please do so. Thank you so very much. Joe, on the streets, news about the Fast and Furious. Yeah. We have Fast 10, Fast X, the official title. Yeah, they even use in a Fasten Your Seatbelts joke in their uh, tweet release of the name. So Did they? Yeah, it said Fasten Your Seatbelts. It, it didn't say Fast 10, your seat, it just said Fasten Your Seatbelts. Oh, I didn't see that. Hold on. Which is like a little nod to everyone being like... You should call this Fast 10 your seatbelts. Gotcha. Okay. I got to. I, I, the way that I saw it was. Aaron Newworth. Aaron tweeted at us. Fasten your seatbelts. Fast X is now in production. See, yes, that. So they even gave like a little tip of the hat to the fasten your seatbelts thing. I like that. There are people saying that, like, could this be Triple X, the return of Xander Cage Ooh. crossover? We place both. Who knows? But. We like, talked. I sort didn't of we just talk about, like, Dom playing two characters in the same movie. Vin playing two characters in the same movie and one of them being Dom. Did we? I feel like Maybe. we just did in something and we were like, what if he plays like triple X? I feel like we just talked about this. Like I know somebody else tweeted it. Maybe. I don't know. Very possible. I can't keep anything straight anymore. Yeah, that works. The other thing, I I, I never know really when to put this in. So other than, that, other than Fast X being the official title... The question is, how do you say it? Do you still say Fast 10 or do you say Fast X? Because it's stylized as Fast X. But X also Roman, Roman numeral for 10, so do we call it Fast 10? I think so. Okay. I, th- I think that it's uh, – we have to hear Vin say it. And which version does he say at which time is also going to be interesting. Because he might not even have it straight, as we saw for F9, right? So Yeah, Fast Saga, F9, mm-hmm. Fast 9. Like, he called it every which way. So I think that he's going to come out and be like, Fast 10. And then, like, he's going to do an interview, and it's going to be like, Fast X is coming out. And then, like, you know, like, whatever he feels at the time. FX, right? Yeah, exactly. Also last week, so I don't know, is there any other news that you've seen? Because there's something from Twitter that I want to share, but is there any other news that you have seen about these movies? No, just, you know, 
Fast X slash 10 is starting production, and that's what it's going to be called. I think it's kind of funny, and this is just like they're, you know, thinking about other things and just the Brie Larson news and the, uh, the Fast X, the Fast 10, whatever news. I kind of forgot for a moment that, like, Momoa signed on, too. Yes. And then, like, Jason Momoa not only signed on to do Fast and Furious, but he was also doing the Minecraft movie. And I'm like, oh, right, he's in Fast and Furious. Okay, cool. <laughs> so we got Momoa, we got Brie Larson, and we got an official title, right? So There's going to be a Minecraft so. movie? Oh, God. There's going to be every kind of movie, man. I know. It's just like, like when they released, like, an Angry Birds movie, I was like, how? Why? Money, money, money. Exactly. The, the John Wick guy is going to do a Streets of Rage movie, which should be pretty good, so, you know. What is Streets but, of Rage, okay. another video game? Oh, you know that from, like, Genesis, back in the Genesis days? Genesis Super Nintendo? It was great. They remastered, they put out a fourth one, like, last year, and it was awesome. It was so good. It was way better than it had any right to be. But, yeah, there were three on the Genesis. Is it just and probably... a fighting game? Is it just, like, Mortal Kombat? Just like, no, it's like whatever. a street brawler. Like, it's a side-scroller. It's like the Turtles game or, okay. like, a Simpsons game or whatever, but you're different characters, and you, like, fight your way to the end. Same kind of concept as that, but Makes Streets sense. of Rage. That's okay. great. Um, but I want to bring up, so on Friday night, Reaction Rocket tweeted at us about watching along with the lap. I noticed that we don't actually get confirmation that Jesse's dead, although it certainly does look that way. Refresh my memory. Does Vince mention him having been killed in his, quote, where is our family now speech in Fast Five? And I said, good question. Don't think so. Can anyone confirm for sure? And there was some back and forth. But then the one thing, there's a lot of good stuff. Check out our Twitter if you want the full conversation. But I wanted to bring this up. You might have seen this one. I don't know. Okay. But Jason Rainey. He of the signed copy of Too Fast, Too Furious, today's movie, said crackpot theory to bring Jesse back into the franchise, bleeding out. He dragged himself to Dom's garage, used his tech know-how to jerry-rig away to keep himself alive. Okay. Had to constantly upgrade his body to keep going, eventually wants to improve himself to superhuman levels, so he'll never lose another race. He either loses his way, and this leads to the founding of Etion, or his work is co-opted by them and is being forced to work for them. Either way, Dom sees an opportunity to save him. So That's... Jason Rainey suggesting that Jesse, either the mastermind behind Etion or working for Etion, and that's a great way to cross over the Hobbs and Shaw universe with our main core franchise. I absolutely agree. I really like that idea. And Jesse, they call him the mad scientist. It would be cool if he became a mad scientist at some point. Right. I really like this theory. I think that it's a lot of fun. Yeah. He could be the voice of Etion. He could be the head of Etion. And, like, you know, he could be, like, a brain in a jar type situation now. His body has gone through so many evolutions, and he can't sustain a human robotic form anymore, but his conscience lives on in the ooze. Yeah. I like everything about it. That's awesome. I do like that. Great theory from Jason. So if you have theories like that, either email it in or just, you know, jump in the conversation because we had him going. We had Reaction Rock. We had Anna Bolina. We had all sorts of people going on Friday night. So check in at Too Fast, Too Forever on Twitter. But speaking of Hobbs and Shaw, Joe, is Dwayne Johnson in F10? FX. F- Fast X. Fast X. Is he, though? No, absolutely not. He did sign on to do... What did he just sign on to do? It was another video game movie, I think. Oh, or he's producing... There was a game that came out like last year that I think you and Rachel might... It's like a co-op, sort of couch co-op kind of thing called It Takes Two. We played um, it. So, we played a, we yeah, talked about he's, it. He's producing it or he's starring in it or something. Oh, they're making so. a movie of that with The Rock is producing mm-hmm. it? I think so. Hold on. Oh, I the can't Rock. wait to tell Rachel. It Takes Two. 
What's funny is that there's DJ Easy Rock was on the It Takes Two song from the 90s, so or the 80s or whatever, 88. Uh, so when you search the rock It Takes Two, like that's what comes up first. It Takes Two to make, is it that one? It Takes Two yeah. to make a mm-hmm. thing go right? Okay, yeah. He's going to executive produce it, and he might star in it. And it's going to be an Amazon Prime movie, so. Or an Amazon, it might release the theaters or whatever, but Amazon is distributing it, so. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. But speaking of The Rock, speaking of Dewey Johnson, Joe Young Rock, Season 2, Episode 6, Kiss and Release. This is a, I thought when I saw the title that this was going to be like a wrestling thing that adult, not adult, but like oldest Dewey was learning. No. But this is a, a lesson that young Dewey learns from Andre the Giant about kissing and releasing people and like respecting them. Yeah, it's pretty much about respecting women and their choices, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I love the episodes with Andre the Giant. I think the guy that plays him is really, really cool. Uh, I like the light that The Rock sees Andre the Giant in and, like, the influence he had on, like, a very, very young Rock. And I think I think it's just cute, right? Like, you know, because you always imagine Andre the Giant being a giant and a wrestler and he was, you know, yeah. playing, like, a kind of villain and, like, to see him be, like, so gentle with children and fish and birds and stuff just makes me really love him even more. So I thought this one was a really good one. We're going through, like, the Grandma's Trial still, which I guess is part of the storyline, but something that I kind of don't care about. Like, she's great. The character's great. But, like, the trial storyline thing, I'm like, okay, whatever. I do, like, youngest youngest Dewey as an episode. I'm scared that we're going to get like a teenage Dewey episode next time. Yeah, I don't know. I guess, you know, what's he doing? Shoplifting still? Right? Still stealing. Sure. More stealing, yes. Stealing everything. What I did like about the Andre the Giant, which I don't think about because I don't really know much about him other than just like his persona, is that like how French this makes him. Like he's, he's very drinking French. wine, he's speaking French, he's whatever, just, you know, French kind of mindset, right? So... Yeah, he was, like, very, very French, right? Like, yeah. that's that's it. Like, he was just, like, like as a person, but, yeah. What I loved about this was, was that, you know, young Dewey is acting out because he has a crush on a girl and he wants to get her attention. She keeps ignoring him. And eventually, Andre oh, the Giant says, basically, like, let her free, like, release her into the world. And at the end, she's just like, I think Dewey Johnson just respected me. <laughs> yeah. But what I, what I loved, my favorite part was that, you know, his parents are talking at the dinner table. They're the wrestlers. And the mom's like, aren't you concerned? And Rocky's just like, oh, he's just turning heel for a couple weeks. And just funny yes. that like, he's applying the wrestling vernacular to regular everyday life, right? Just like, oh, don't worry about him. He's just, you know, he's playing the part. But it's like, not really. I mean, he kind of is, but like, it's just funny. Like, that that use was very funny. I like that, yeah, his dad just like lives the business, right? Even mm-hmm. like when he's like talking to Andre the Giant and he's like, I didn't want to tell my dad because he he would have been like, can you sell her some of my merch? Is she a wrestling fan? And I'm like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But my favorite line in the episode went to Randall Park in the opening where he talks about being, I once played an online bully in a Lars von Trier movie. Do you know Lars von Trier? Do you know that name? Have you seen his movies? Do you know about his movies? No, what is it? He did like the Nymphomaniac movies. He did Dancer in the Dark and Melancholia and Antichrist and Dogville, like these really heavy, violent, graphic, somber, just like serious. So that to to imply that between now and like 2032 or whatever, he's going to make a movie wherein there's like an online bully. It's just a really funny joke because it's <laughs> like it's the opposite of like popcorn. Like he just makes like the most art house, like not NC-17, but like adult in like every way 
serious, intense movies to be like, oh yeah, it was an online bully, like played by Randall Park. It's like that's like it's just a perfect yeah. <laughs> director name poll for that. So uh, good episode, I think. You know, not my favorite. I still, like we said last time, I think like the oldest Dewey most, but yeah. Young Dewey's pretty great. No, Young Dewey's pretty great, and he's a good actor. I um, I'm always excited to see Young Dewey episodes. I hope that like Teenage Dewey like comes around on us, but I'm scared that he might not, and we just have to like sit through those ones and be like, oh, okay. And I think I think Middle Dewey is a great actor. I think he might be maybe my favorite actor of the three, possibly, but it's just. The stories, I just, you know, I don't know. Stealing. So it's a, it's, it's all an fucking, awkward period. It's, yeah. all, it's all him stealing shit. But, but you know what? And what also sucks is, like, last season, the whole, like, what is it, Hot Karen? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, the whole, like, Hot Karen story arc was great. Like, when he, like, worked in the pizza shop and, like, what, like, stole the car or whatever. Like, that whole thing was awesome. Yeah, but now he moved, and so, like, all those people are gone, right? So, every like, all the emotion of the time we invested in them, gone. Yeah. Yeah. Any other thoughts about this episode of Young Rock? No, pretty good. I still really like the show, so I, I'm happy with it. I'm uh, cruising along. It's it's enjoyable for sure. We're roughly somewhat. I still don't know if we have a, a real episode count, but we're about halfway through the season, so still, you know. I wonder how many seasons they will do before the actual election. Like, if, if there's going to be another one, you know, because we're, we're getting, we're like, we're like 10 days out in real time, right? So, e- interesting to think about. But wait, so, but the actual real life election will be 2024 right right but this is in like 2032 or whatever right so this is not this is like way in the future but i think they gotta like kind of line it up that that election year is the rocks election that's gonna be so they have to have two more seasons in these like 10 days or whatever i mean they could because that doesn't actually happen in real time right like it's all flashbacks so maybe yeah and like he was starting the campaign last season right so it's like how far out was he then? Like maybe a I don't month? know. Uh, well, I have no idea, but I know that we are like within two weeks of the election and things are moving and shaking. Yeah. Okay. We'll see. The final thing to do, though, before we take a break and bring in John Brooks to talk about Too Fast is the Fast and Furious Minute, Minute 58. The minute I called, she's beautiful, isn't she? How you doing? Good. Enjoying it, huh? Yeah, I'm having a good time. Good, good. She's beautiful, isn't she? Hmm. Yeah. She's gorgeous. You got balls, kid. (laughs) I can appreciate that. Women are a very powerful force. You see the blonde sitting with the gentleman right here. Five minutes of her time, and she can get anything she wants from him. I love her. Watch. (laughs) I wonder where they're going. So in this minute in Carter's private area in the Pearl, Brian and Carter make awkward small talk. They talk about how beautiful Monica Fuentes is in front of her, so she and Roman can hear them talk, before Carter transitions focus to seductress and explains the power she and all women have as the minute ends. So this is basically a minute of Carter being weird and creepy. You said this in the overview. Do you think that Roman 
and Monica actually hear them? Yes, because the way that they cut to them, Roman... So either they're reacting just to the, like, tense standoff, but I think think they can hear it, because, like, Roman just, like... But it's a club. It's like a nightclub. Like, even if you're in, like, the couch booth, like... I know, but I I still think the way that they're cutting to it, what the movie's implying, not thinking about the reality of the situation... What the movie is implying is that they can hear him. At least Roman can. Because Roman like has like a deep sigh of relief after Brian passes the test. Where like Carter smiles as you got balls, kid, or whatever. But like Roman's just like, oh. So I, I think the movie is suggesting, I think, they can both hear it. Which is very, very awkward. I, yeah, I. Awkward for Monica. Who gives a shit about Roman? But like awkward for Monica. I think that it's really like Roman's just like reading tension and he's like, is he going to swing on him right here just based on, like, what I'm seeing of how close they are? Because the thing is, like, Carter has his back to Roman. So when Carter yeah. breaks and starts smiling, it's not like Roman can see the smile. Either way, it's, it's awkward. Yeah. It's weird. Carter Verone, a weird dude. Like, the more that I watch this movie, the more I just think that he's the most dangerous, unhinged villain yes. in the franchise. Because it's just, he's just, he's a psychopath. He's it's absolute psychopath bullshit. Yes. I was going to ask you, what is, like, what is your response, and what do you think the appropriate response to that question is? Eva Mendes, like, even if that's someone's girlfriend, and they're like, hey, she's pretty beautiful, isn't she? Like, what, like, are you like, no? Well, like, that's the weird thing. It's like, it's the the stereotypical thing, I think, like, in movies and stuff you see, is when, like, uh, say, uh, for instance, like, a guy and a girl are out on a date, and a hot girl walks by. And the girl is just like, "What do you think? She, she thinks she's hot." And like, of, like that's also awkward. But like, it's it's somehow less awkward than this, because it's like he's a bad dude who can have you killed and might just have you killed. But you also have to work for him, and you're doing the thing for the cops, and you also have a crush on this girl, and she's right there. I guess the right answer that Carter's looking for is yeah. Like, like you have to say yeah, because if not, you're lying, right? Like I think he's just looking for confidence. Maybe I have no idea. I think that if you say like no or I didn't notice, then he knows that you're like shifty and lying. So if you're just like yeah, I mean like I was thinking about it, like it, my answer would have to be like yeah, dude, like it's fucking Eva Mendez, but you know what I mean, like. Like, you you see her. That's your girlfriend. She's fucking, yeah, look around. Like, she's top tier. Like, what are you talking about? Like, obviously she's really hot. Like, that's, we all know it. So I don't even know what the point is. It's just like, he's bragging. Yeah. But it's also like, I guess he just wants to hear, like, yeah, I got got a hot girlfriend. Yeah, it's it's very, (laughs) very strange. And then, like, pressury about it. And then being like, you got balls to say it. Like, bro, we all know, like everyone knows and he and he wasn't like oh she has a fat ass doesn't she you know what i mean to where it's like oh like i think that would make it even worse he's just like is she pretty you're like yeah she's really pretty yeah the answer is never no never no (laughs) right yeah even if she's not attractive what do you get out of saying no yeah oh yeah you're you're absolutely right like what if what if he's like no dude she's busted like what I don't know. It's insane. Did you highlight this text, this dialogue in red, or did I do that? I highlighted that dialogue in red because watching this movie, breakdown, pause, 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 minute by minute, 
he changes into the weirdest accent when he when he says that line. You see the blonde sitting here. Okay, okay. I'll, let me let me let me listen back. He goes or, like, I'll, I'll listen back after the fact. He goes like very like Mary Poppins English. Kind of. He's like, okay. Like, you see the blondes? And, like, it's in, like, this really weird, like, almost English accent out of nowhere that, like, and it's just that line. I think you should give it a listen again, real quick. I will say while I bring this up that uh, Seductress, I tease this last minute, is played by Tara Carroll, who has not acted a ton, but she is in the straight to home video Cruel Intentions 3. Whoa. And her other notable role that she played is Drama's fan, like Johnny Drama's fan, in an episode of Entourage. Oh. So, not a huge filmography, but a couple things that were fun there. I also, did you get a, did you look at Enrique, who is the bald bouncer, okay. essentially, his bald muscle, that when Carter Verona's talking about Seductress, Enrique, like, looks over, and he, like, looks sad or disappointed, and I'm just like, is he in love with Seductress? Was he, like, taken by her? Like, I don't know what her role is in this club. I don't know if she's on the payroll. I don't know what it is. But, like, Enrique, there's something going on, like, (laughs) fan fiction between this guy that we barely know and Seductress. It's just, I don't know. It's it's wild. He's, he's, he thinks of her, like, Roxanne. Like, she doesn't need to be, she doesn't need to be out here seducing men for Carter Verone anymore. She can be at home with him. You see the blonde sitting over there. Right? It is weird. Is he... Cole Hauser, what's his nationality? That's what I was thinking. Like, does he is he actually English, and it just comes out right there, and he like just like broke for a second? Nope, he was born in Santa Barbara. <laughs> so why did he use a weird English accent right there? No idea. But you hear it now, right? It's like it's definitely not like he he has like a pretty like monotone bad guy villain voice accent the whole movie, and then like yeah. right there he's like you see the blonde, and you're like. Why did he's he married to a blonde woman in real life. He's married to this woman, Cynthia Daniel, who's an American photographer. So, you know, he, he witnesses the, he knows the power of blondes in real life too, right? So. I guess. Ah, it's, it's so, it's so, so weird. I don't know. Seductress, though, in a red dress with like these tassels all over it. Um, we see Rat Cop from the back. I'll get into Rat Cop when we see him from the front. I'll go through his filmography when we get to him, because we don't really know him. He hasn't really spoken yet, but... Uh, we'll get more Rat Cop, but uh, Joe, what did you notice? Anything of note in this booth? There's eight candles on the center table. It's hard to kind of distinguish because Carter's kind of in the way, but there's like two solid orange rectangle pillows, one that Monica uses for her back and one beside her, and then on each side of her, there's three of the like more accenty kind of pillows with like the modern okay. art design mm-hmm. on them. So that makes six total of those, two orange rectangle ones, eight total pillows on this giant high-backed couch. The other ones on the sides, I'm assuming, are, you know, same, like, mirrored images, whatever. There's two side tables on each one. Each has a candle on it. And then um, an interesting thing that I saw is that Seductress might be drinking a Shirley Temple. Cool. Cute. Yeah, she has, like, a... Exactly right. It, it feels kind of seducy in a weird way. Sure. But she has like a drink that has like a lot of maraschinos in it. Rad detective, which I'm assuming is what we're just calling him, is. Let's uh, call him rat cop, rat detective. Either way, I'll, I'll change him to rat detective. I like that. Yeah, rat detective. He has like a beer, but I couldn't figure out what it was. It looks like it might be a Modelo, but I couldn't. I, like I can't pin it down. Gotcha. Okay. 
Well, Modelo makes sense. That's a Mexican d- beer, right? And right. We're near-ish, sort of, kind of, Mexico in Miami, so. Yeah, yeah. it looks like it has, like, a, something on the neck of it, and the bottle doesn't seem like it's actually the shape of, like, a Corona or, like, a standard bottle. It seems a little bit more stout, so I was just guessing it probably is a Modelo. For the trivia question, again, not a lot that goes on in this minute. I think the most interesting thing I like in it. this, obviously, is Seductress. Yep. And the question I have is, how much time does Seductress need to get anything she wants from a man? Because Carter says, five minutes of her time, and she can have anything she wants from him. So the answer is five it. minutes, but we could do, like, two one, minutes, one, one minute. Fifteen minutes of her time. I almost think, like, I almost think. Thirty seconds. No, I think if we do like a one minute, two minutes, three minutes, four minutes, five minutes, oh. five minutes. I mean, because when you think about it objectively, this woman can get anything she wants from a man in five minutes. It's like, oh, my God, that's such power. But when we ask it like this is a one, two, three, four or five, it's like, well, it's not five. It's like <laughs> all she needs is two minutes. It's like, oh, my God. But like the answer one five. minute in one minute of her time, she can get whatever she wants. But like realistically, five minutes sounds is really fast, too. Yeah. So trivia question for minute 58, she's beautiful, isn't she? Well, answer, yes, that's the trivia. <laughs> is the trivia question, is Monica Fuentes beautiful, yes or no? And then either way, Carter Verone just stares at you. <laughs> How much time does Seductress at the Pearl Club need to get anything she wants from a man? Answer, five minutes. Anything yeah. else, though, to say about this minute? No, actually, I think we did pretty good for how little there was there, right? Well, when I, when I was watching this movie, I was like, oh, we're, we're going to be this club for another, like, five or six minutes. Like, there is so much more Pearl. We're going to move. We're going to go to, like, the rat area, whatever, right? Like, we're going to transition somewhat. But, like, there's a lot more here that we're going to be here. So just, like, buckle up because there's a lot of – a lot more Pearl in our, our immediate future. Yeah, there definitely is. There, there, we're, we're not getting out of here anytime soon from when we watch the movie. It's a quarter mile at a time, and uh, I don't know. We're six miles into at a the time. <laughs> yeah. All right, Joe, let's take a break, and let's come back with John Brooks of 1999 The Podcast to talk about Too Fast, Too Furious. episode number 235 this episode's brought to you by liquid gravity brewing and their miami heist ipa which gives bright aromas of citrus melon and tropical flute fruits exploding from the glass shout out to liquid gravity brewing i know it was a slip of the tongue but i want a tropical flute now i don't know what that, tropical- that just plays like marimba music <laughs> i don't know what a tropical flute is but i want that it's like it's like Something. uh like you know like when you go to a all-inclusive resort in Mexico. It's and a world music you... instrument. Yes, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's an instrument of the world. It is, indeed. John, that's a Fast and Furious reference. That maybe you'll get one day. Yeah. Not. <laughs> With us, so, okay, so here's the thing. So John was on, uh, first off, our guest tonight, the host of the Hard to Believe podcast here on the network, and my co-host, also yes. on the network of 1999, the podcast, we have John Brooks. Hello, John. Hi. I'm so honored. So, so, 
so John was on a couple laps ago yeah. for our memory loss lap for Jacob's Ladder. Yes. And we talked briefly on there, and I remembered him saying he had never seen any of these movies, mostly because they didn't really interest him. He had no, we're like, well, you know, one day we'd love to have you on. If all things were equal, I would not have John watch Too Fast first. I think there's a, there's, you know, John, I will say that these are all perfect movies, but this is my least favorite of the 10 perfect movies. So... This is not the one that I would have you watch first. I think there are ones that are objectively great that I think you would maybe not love but enjoy more. Mm -hmm. But at 11.30 last night, our guest was just like, hey, uh, can we move to to next week? And I was just like, no, we cannot. So (laughs) me scrambling, like, who have we not had on talk about one of these movies? Who have we not had on in a while? And so we landed with John. So, John, first off, thank you. And number two, sorry that you watched this one. But I hope, <laughs> even though you you did send me some messages on Facebook that have me a little worried, I hope that you found some things in here that you enjoyed. But we will talk about that. But again, thank you, and I'm sorry. You're welcome, and I forgive you. Cool. And uh, nice to be here. Yeah, good to be good to be back for my second ever episode of this show. And the first ever with the Fast and Furious. So you, so this is the first Fast and Furious movie you have ever seen. Ever. <sighs> Correct. Yep. And why is that? Because you watch a lot of movies. I do. Okay. I think I told this story when we did the Jacob's Ladder episode. Yeah, but that was like a year and a half ago in quarantine, and that was, you know. And I just, I don't want to like, I don't want to rehash, but I I just feel like I've told this story. I don't know. Nobody remembers. Maybe I've just told you a bunch of times. I don't really know. All right. So here's the story, right? I was living in New York City in 2001, and... I saw a bunch of movies that summer. Um, really pretty great movie summer, honestly. As good as 1999? Well, as a, as a year, I don't think so. But as a summer, uh, it's pretty okay. great, right? Okay, fair. In New York City, for certain movies of a certain demographic, it's pretty easy to see movies for free. Because if you do it right, like you'll you'll find someone giving out like free tickets to a movie that they want a certain demo to see. Makes sense. Or you can go to test screenings, which they have a lot of in New York City as well. So that summer, I also saw a couple of movies like early um, at some test screenings. But very quickly, I'm sorry. I saw a test screening of Sunshine, the Danny Boyle film. Oh, nice. And it was before the CGI was done. So there's like some like spectacular ending where there's like a spaceship and everything. And it's just like this like really crude <laughs> 2D like spinning vector. Imagine like, spaceship here. <laughs> CGI not finished. And I'm just like, yeah, no shit. But I have not seen it for real. So like the only version of Sunshine I've seen is like this like shitty kind of unfinished. So movie uh, yeah, stuff is going to be added but, later. Yeah. They can yeah. be weird sometimes. But yes, please go on. I do think not to get off topic here, but I do think it's fun when like there's a couple of movies that I saw in pre-screening um, or test screenings that I, <laughs> I never did see the real version of. And I think there's something that, like, it's kind of cool that I've seen a different different movie than everybody Completely. else. Completely. Well, yeah, because that's, that's what's fun. Like, when you, when you read, like, IMDb trivia and they're like, test screenings, like, hated this audience. Yeah. The audience hated this or whatever. Be like, that's the only version I saw. So, like, that's the only version I know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember I saw um, one I do remember seeing was Changing Lanes with Ben Affleck and uh, Samuel L. Jackson, for which I wrote a review for Ain't It Called Cool News that got published. Um, so that's, that's, that's all. That's the only one I, like, remember distinctly as having as having seen and that's um, pretty cool feeling like i should review it anyway so i got free tickets to see fast and the fast and the furious the first movie okay um in 2001 and i didn't go <laughs> and was it like was it an advanced screening or just like a regular screening that you just did not go to i think it was a promo screening so it was it was not a, like obviously it was not a franchise 
And it yeah. was kind of a low budget movie that was in trying to like break out in a pretty crowded summer movie field of 2001. And so I think they were trying to get people like me. I was 22 male white. Yeah. <laughs> and they were like, go see this movie so you can tell all of your friends. And I was like, okay. Um, so I got a free ticket and I was like, I don't, I don't think I want to see this movie. And uh, I didn't. And, um, and that's, and I, I, I continued not seeing Fast and Furious movies for the last 21 years. <laughs> until, you felt strong. Until today. <laughs> so I don't know why. There, there was just something. I don't know why I didn't see it, honestly. But I feel like once I didn't see it, I had to kind of like commit myself to not seeing any movie in this franchise. And I was there was some things about the first movie that I was kind of worried about. Like I was like, ah, I'm not going to like this. And... I feel like some of those things were confirmed <laughs> when I saw Too Fast today. Well, there, there's something remarkable about the first movie and then this movie and then Tokyo Drift. Yeah. Where if you watch the three of those, you're like, how do how do these movies... And again, we, we love them. Yeah. But like, how do these three movies that are... I think two and like two is maybe objectively the worst movie in the, in the franchise. That's what I got. three is just yeah. weird. Yeah. But, like, how do these movies not only keep getting made, but somehow lead a franchise where it makes a billion dollars a movie? Like, it's just yep. the the actual, like... Logistics. Yes. It's, it's, it's mind-boggling. It's so weird. Yeah, those are kind of questions I have for you guys. So I'll, I'll hold off on that. But, um, yeah, that's, that's my... That's my that's why I never saw a Fast and Furious movie, I guess. So I don't know what a normal number is in a summer, but here's the movies that made $100 million in summer 2001. Mm -hmm. um, or summer 2001 releases that made $100 million eventually, whatever. Yep. Okay. So from the bottom up, Dr. Doolittle 2, which I know that you were probably all about. I Dr. saw that Doolittle 2. I saw it four times, yeah. American Pie 2. So okay. again, whatever. But the I, did first, see, Lara Croft... I did see that in the theater, yeah. Okay, Lara Croft Tomb Raider, which is big. I saw that one in the theaters, I think. I did not. Then The Fast and the Furious, then yep. Planet of the Apes. Okay, yep. Jurassic Park 3. Yep. Pearl Harbor, Rush Hour 2, The Mummy Returns, and yeah. Shrek. So, like, they're kind of all over the place, but there's a, lot, there's a lot of, like, pretty good, like, in, uh, for 10 movies to make $100 million, that's not bad. Yeah, and it's funny because the movies that I think of, like, Jurassic Park 3, I went to the premiere, premiere of in New York City um, and, like, met William H. Macy. That was pretty cool. The, the ones that I stick out to me as like the big ones that I loved that year were um, Moulin Rouge was that summer. Okay. Um, Ooh, okay. And AI was that. So I'm a big fan of AI. Oh yeah. 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 That's, that's Legally Blonde also that summer. A yeah. Night's Tale that summer. The Night's Others Tale. That summer. Swordfish. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, there's a lot of movies that didn't make a hundred million, but like we're, we're good. Go. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Also just, I just looked up 2019, the last non-pandemic summer, and there were only 11 movies that made a hundred million dollars and that's with inflation. Right. So like for 10 to make, a hundred million in 2001, kind of a big deal, right? So, yeah. The only character that carries over from the first movie to this movie is Paul Walker's Brian O'Connor. They wanted Vin Diesel back, and he said, no, I'm going to go make Riddick. They offered him, like, $50 million, something like that. He's just like, no, I'm going to turn this down. He eventually comes back at the end of three for a cameo. Then from four on, he's in every movie. But mm -hmm. for a franchise that is basically – were you surprised that this movie did not have Vin Diesel in it? No, I knew it didn't. I, I did know the – I knew the Vin Diesel – sort of saga i know he comes back and like as a cameo at the end of tokyo drift and i yep. knew i knew about him not coming back for the sequel so i like i knew when you said watch this one 
I was like, okay, it's the non Vin Diesel one, so I'm gonna have to um, I'm gonna have to rely on the uh, overwhelming charisma of Paul Walker and uh, Tyrese. Yeah, no, that was not a surprise to me. I, I knew he I knew he wasn't there. Gotcha. Okay. Um, I do want to find out either now or later which Fast and Furious character you are. We have a personality quiz we might have teased <laughs> when you were last on that we did not do. I just looked up and we did not do it for you. So do you want to know now or do you want to know at the end of the episode? We have 25 different outcomes. And I think maybe, Joe, how many are, how many are in the quiz from this movie? Probably three? Yeah. F- Brian Tej f- Roman? Is there another one? I think there might be a Suki. Oh, there might be a Suki. John, do you want to try to find – you want to see who you are now or do you want to know – at the end of the episode. Oh, let's save it to the end. Okay, okay, cool. Because we normally have this whole like big ramp up. We're like, what's your history? Like, oh, I've seen everyone in theaters. Here's my rankings. But, you know, for you, just like, all right, we'll get into it. Um, <laughs> it's kind of amazing. I really enjoy that you started with this one. Like, it's something that I would have never thought to try. So, like, it's a it's a pretty fun thought experiment for us. Because, I mean, like, we brought people in at different places. And, like, yeah. I, and don't re- two- I don't recommend it. <laughs> 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 but, like, okay. Personal thoughts about the movie aside, mm-hmm. I, I know the answer to this question is no. But did you ever feel lost in this movie in terms of like I can't follow what's going on? Because like at one point they're like, "You're Brian, you know, you did this whole thing in California or whatever." Like that's like they reference it, but like you don't really need to know. But like, was there any point in this movie where like I wish to any extent that you had seen the first movie first? Um. Oh, in, in that no. In terms of like who Brian is and what's going on there, no. Um. In terms of, like, this movie doesn't make any goddamn sense, uh, yes, constantly. But seeing the first one wouldn't have helped that. Right. No, I got it. He was, yeah. a, he, he was a cop, and then he joined the street racers, and then he was like, I'm going to be, be that street racer life, and I'm going to move cities, and uh, whatever, Harry from Dexter finds him, and I don't know, <laughs> sure. And then he, like, it's kind of a cop again, and yeah, I got it. <laughs> Okay. There is also, in addition to the first movie, there is a six-minute short called the Turbocharged Prelude to Too Fast that before this movie came out, they re-released the first movie with, I think, like, movie cash and this six-minute prequel where yes. he drives. There's no words. There's no dialogue. It just drives. It's 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 the, <laughs> the most terrible temp music that you've ever heard. And he drives from California to Miami, and he meets Minka Kelly along the way, playing the iconic role of girl. No name, just girl. Mm-hmm. And she helps him escape the police, and he gets to Miami. And so people are like, how did I get there so like it would <laughs> essential that's essential I, sh- I should have had you I watch really that too watched that. it's like yeah. here's all you need to know here's the prequel here's the ramp up that you i need. did spend the whole movie being like but how did he get to miami did he take uh, he a drove. plane he dr- did he, drove. he drive he okay so now i know that's wow he drove really a car that you didn't see him have yeah. in the first one or this one. <laughs> okay. Oh no is it this i think yeah but no it's like a convertible i think i think it's just like a completely separate car that we never see him drive again now did he drive did he drive fast and furiously the entire time or did he drive as a normal person would drive i would say he drove fast i don't know that there's any evidence that he really drove furiously maybe some there's more evidence that he drove fast than furious yes interesting there's also a lot of like Indiana Jones style like map like following a line on a map. Yes, yes, yes. There's a lot. of Oh, see, I, ah, that would have sold me. I'm I'm a, I'm a sucker for that. I mean, we could take it. No, I don't want to take a break and watch it. Have you watch this thing? Because it's really not worth seeing. Like it's it's just a, like a lot of maps of Alabama and Texas, though. Let's just pretend that happened. Oh my god, that was so good. Wow, beautiful. So, what were your big? I mean. Knowing what this movie is and what it's trying to be, what were your big move, big issues with this? You also pointed out at one point, you're like, I can't believe John Singleton directed <laughs> this movie. Okay. Guys, 
Yes. This is the worst movie I've ever seen in my entire life. And like that can't be true. I am not exaggerating even a tiny bit. That I can't possibly I be true. Can't be cannot true. believe this movie was in theaters and that grown-ups approved <laughs> its release <laughs> to an audience. This movie is shockingly bad. And and like in a way, so all right. One of my my favorite bad movie ever because I absolutely love it is Triple X with Vin Diesel, right? Which we have not done yet, but wink, wink, we might do it next lap. All right, you, I I gotta I gotta be on that because I'm a huge like I I will talk about that movie forever. I love that movie, right? This movie is Triple X in terms of how objectively terrible it is, and just how <laughs> absurd. It, like it's written by like a five year old. Except, have you seen that? What there was a today now when the <laughs> Onion did this videos they did were interviewing the, the screenwriter of Fast Five and it was a five year old. He's like cargo boom, cargo fast. Yeah, like boom, and then the cargo and the and he just like makes noises. The difference here is that like Triple X is hilarious in in the way that it lands, and nothing in this movie. There's just zero in this movie that hit me in any way. Entertainment-wise, comedy-wise, <laughs> nothing. I was, by 50 minutes in, I was just begging for it to be over. I just wanted it to end. I was like, <laughs> this is killing me. And I say this, like, again, not I'm not saying it's the worst movie ever made. I don't tend to watch bad movies, right? Like, I, I read a lot of critics, and I, I tend to trust what critics say, and I don't go into movies that I know are going to be bad. I'm judging from a fairly shallow pool here in terms of like the bad movies that I've seen in my life. Like I've seen the love guru and that was better than this. Right. Like <laughs> I, 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 and if John Singleton really directed this movie, he called in sick every day. There is no, <laughs> there is no fucking way that John Singleton who directed boys in the hood directed this movie. Like, I don't understand what the fuck is happening here and how this movie exists. I really don't. Like, I still am not quite sure that the movie that I watched was the actual Too Fast, Too Furious <laughs> that other people have seen. Because, like, I just, I, it, it blows my mind. It's just baffling to me that anybody, and, like, okay, I'll stop there. That's how I feel, right? I, wow. I, hate, I hated this movie with a unusual uh, uh, venom, and, and um, I'll explain If you will allow wrong. me, yeah. I'd like to read something to you. Okay. John Singleton's Too Fast, Too Furious tells a story so shamelessly preposterous, all we can do is shake our heads in disbelief. Yeah. Consider that the big climax involves a Miami drug lord who hires two street racers to pick up bags full of money in North Beach and deliver them in the keys and adds, you make it, I'll personally hand you 100 Gs to the finish line. Mm -hmm. Hell, for 10 Gs, I'd rent a van at the Aventura Mall and deliver the goods myself. <laughs> but this is not an ordinary delivery, blah, 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 complain, complain, complain. Next paragraph. Does it sound like I'm complaining? I'm not complaining. I'm grinning. Mm. Too Fast, Too Furious is a video game cross with a buddy movie, a bad cop, good cop movie, a Miami drug lord movie, a chase movie, and a comedy. It doesn't have a brain in its head, but it's made with skill and style, and boy, is it fast and furious. Yeah, Written I read that review. your hero, I know. I know. Roger Ebert. I know. Three I know. stars. I know. I, so <laughs> I, I read that review. I sometimes disagree with Roger Ebert. I agree with the movie that he's describing. I do not agree with the idea that any of that works or that it's in any way entertaining, right? All of those things are true about what that movie is. The problem that I have with this movie, and I feel like, and I, I, this is why I kind of wanted to talk to you guys about it, because yeah. I feel like 
this is how the franchise gets better. What doesn't work for this movie for me is that none of the absurdity in in the movie is leaned into, right? It's just all bad. It's just, it's, it's just, it just, it's a movie that it totally doesn't make any sense. And nobody seems to really be really playing up how absurd and bad it is. I get the, I get the impression that, and I don't know if this is true, but this is basically just what I get from sort of the background radiation, right? Of, of, of the the past series. Um, I get the impression that like, that's what starts happening. That that's what makes the movies better is that they start leaning into the absurdity of it all and really (sighs) sort of like embracing that, that sort of over the topness that I feel like this movie just never achieves nothing about it's over the top. All of it's bad. It's oh, the action's bad. The drive choreography is bad. Like the cinematography is bad. All of it's bad. It's not. It's not like so absurd that it's good. It's just. It's just absurd and also terrible. And and I. I tell me if I'm wrong. I don't know if it leans into it. It definitely. They definitely get more absurd. But I think up until about nine, they never really like wink at you as an audience member like hey this is really wacky isn't right, it you know right. what i mean like they're like they're still serious like there's like one part of nine that's like okay like look we we, we did the fucking thing we know that this is absurd ha, ha ha everybody laugh but like for the most part they they do get crazier like the stunts get crazier it gets more absurd I don't know if they're leaning into it, so to speak. Joey, what do you think? Well, when I was watching this last night, I was thinking about... Okay, so John, there's a real hard line in the sand where the first three movies are essentially car movies. Four is kind of a pivot point, and then five on are action movies. Yes, Mm -hmm. that's true. You might have seen from, like, Super Bowl ads or just, like, being aware in the world and on the internet that, like, in seven, they jump on a supercar from not one building to two, but from one building to another to another, to three different (laughs) buildings. They're dragging us safe through the streets of Rio. They're going to outer space. They're doing all sorts of stuff in these movies that somehow both seem believable in the world <laughs> of the movie and also completely illogical if you think about it at all. Yeah. yeah. But there is something special in a way about these movies, about this movie in particular, that as I was watching last night, I'm like, there's such great heights, both silly and serious, that they reach as these movies go on that to see like just sort of practical, not super flashy car stunts make this feel unique in a way that maybe it might just be Stockholm syndrome. I don't know. Grounded, <laughs> but like they feel more grounded. It feels different and better, yeah, in a grounded way, in a realistic way than the other movies. And again, I don't like this movie more than any other Fast and Furious movie. Yeah. But like Brian and Roman just racing down the highway, him going in reverse. Or just, like, them driving down Alligator. Like, wherever they are, it's not CGI where Dom is flying across things and catching people in midair or whatever. It's like, these are people, whether it's Paul Walker and Tyrese or their stunt doubles or just stunt drivers or whoever, doing things. And, like, they're not as spectacular or as cool or as well executed as they are in future movies. But there's something grounded about them, to use the word Joe said, that make them feel cool. And it's like, all right, that's 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 something. It might not be the best thing, but that's something. Yeah. My big complaint is that nothing, nothing the movie went for went for far enough that that's the thing that sticks out to me is like the good thing. I will say that there's a certain kind of like weird vanilla charm about Paul Walker that I yes. kind of that I kind of 
I kind of like I I actually felt really sad for everybody involved with this movie. Like the whole time I just like felt bad for people for being in it. But like there's something weird about like Paul Walker and his like white socks and his like weird t-shirts that I'm just like I I don't know. There's some kind of weird appeal to that where I I don't know. I don't know what it is. Um and like Tyrese is obviously a very sort of charming character. I hated Ludacris in this. Like and I love Ludacris, but like I thought I just hated the character. The whole like thing, like Suki is just super annoying. The whole thing just doesn't make it's so weird and just and just it's so like at you. And there's entire scenes in this that just don't need to exist at all like shots that are just there as though someone <laughs> forgot to edit them out and like transitions to things that don't need to be there and it's so weird like it's just it feels such a lazy like nine different people sort of had the final cut of this movie and like all of them use the least good take every single time <laughs> it's just so weird joey like i don't understand what happened here part of a backstory is that on the set of this movie, Tyrese and Paul Walker became very good friends. And I have a theory that, like, there's very clear scenes where they're just, like, hung over from the night before. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yes, I agree. And, and it's, like, distinct. Like, there's distinct chops of, like, yeah. some scenes are, like, they showed up to work that day. And then, like, some scenes, like, they were late and hung over. And they just, like, mailed it in. And, like, you can see, like the 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 line of exactly when it happens when you watch this movie as many times as we have to me i don't have any evidence that that's exactly what happened but you see them like slur a line yeah they yeah, like yeah, they yeah. just don't care <laughs> there's like adr in weird places that you're like why wouldn't you just reshoot that take like one one little take or whatever but yeah so th- so i think that plays into it but now for me that's part of the charm of it because this seems like the most lackadaisical Fast and the Furious that we get. Mm. Like, everybody on set was just like, whatever the fuck they wanted to do was happening. That was, that's how this movie went. <laughs> and it, and I really like the, the rawness of that feel that it was just like, and you could see how much like they enjoy each other too. I think that even you would say like the chemistry between Paul Walker and Roman, like they seem like they're actually friends. Right. Yeah, and it's interesting because it seems like they're not like it seems like the chemistry actually is a reflection or is sort of reflected in their what I didn't know about this, but like the their their personal chemistry because there are certain scenes where they just don't seem like they like each other, and certain scenes where they do, and it seems like that as they became real friends in real life, that that sort of worked its way into the movie. Um, and I kind of now I'm sort of retroactively kind of thinking through the movie itself and seeing how that um, how that plays out, which that's that's actually really interesting and like. Yeah, I like that stuff, and I, I, I it's this is such a this is such a like weirdly lo-fi. Like it reminds me of like Cinemax movies from the mid '90s. Like it just it's so cheap looking and so like weirdly lo-fi and just so I I can't tell if most of the lines are improvised or if like because like when sometimes when Tyrese is talking, I'm like, there's no way someone wrote this for him to say, and then I'm also like, but there's also no way anybody would think to say this off the top of their head. So I really don't know exactly what's going on here, right? It's 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 all I don't know. It's 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 weird. The 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 things that like really drove me nuts is when the bad writing tried to sort of force a um, chemistry between the two of them, where they're like just saying weird movie lines at each other and it doesn't make any (laughs) sense for the moment and it's not how human beings talk and 
I'm just like, why are these like, we got one more up our sleeve, bro. And it's like, yeah, check out this. And I'm like, you wouldn't say that in this situation. You're like driving away from cops and you're about to die. Like, stop. It is not even funny or witty or interesting. It's just like, it's like a stock line that you picked out of a barrel of like free wiki lines you can use in a movie for free. It was so, it's so weird. It's so weird. I'm sorry. This is a very weird movie, guys. Why do they make more of these movies? Why after right? this? This so, is what I want to know. Why after this movie were they like, let's make more of those? Because I, I don't. I don't And even get it. Stranger, the next movie has none of these characters in it. None. Ze- right. Zero crossover. I get it. I know that. Yeah. I'm, it's I'm completely kind of... separated. Yeah. Like, there's nothing. It has nothing to do with anything that happens in this <laughs> universe. None of the people. And that's the third one. It's so weird. So I, I think I think what's weird, and we've talked about this a long time ago, and we don't have an answer because it's just hypothesizing the alternate universe, but like. If Tokyo, I don't. So Tokyo Drift is a cult classic, but I, it, at the time people hated. It. They're like, I don't, I don't know who these characters are. It's a weird movie. I don't like it. Right, but I it knew was, that. Yeah. But they got Vin Diesel back to the end, and because he was like, I'll make another one. They do another like a real movie. So the fourth movie, just Fast and Furious. Tagline is new model, original parts. It's like we're going back to the basics. It's the characters you know. <laughs> it's essentially the same story as the first one to a certain extent, but like an evolution. It's it kind of resets. It simplifies a lot of things. There's one character that people like that goes away, and yes. they're like, "Whoops." So later, so then Tokyo is that Drift. Han is that who yes, we're talking about? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. Han dies in Tokyo Drift. But not really. But then they retrofit it so that Tokyo Drift actually comes after 6, so that they can have Han in 4, 5, and 6. And so he dies after that. But if you're just existing in the world, you know that Han's in 9. And Mm. so he's not actually dead. So they've unkilled him (laughs) twice. Awesome. (laughs) So, but, so the weird thing, so they make Tokyo Drift. I think there is a version of this franchise. This is what I was saying before. There's a version of this franchise where, like, every installment is just a complete new batch of characters in a new part of the world, and they're not, like, billion-dollar movies, but they make enough money to keep making them. That they go to Japan, and Vin Diesel doesn't come back, and they go to, like, the Dominican Republic, they go to Russia, whatever, and it's just, like, car culture in a different place. Like, I can see that as a viable thing where, like, we wouldn't have this podcast because it wouldn't be as popular, but, like, there would probably, there could be four, five, six, eight, ten, twelve, who knows how many of them. Mm-hmm. But they get Vin Diesel back, and they're like, all right, let's do this. And four is pretty good. And then they make what I think is pretty universally acclaimed as the best, objectively, and like fan favorite, like all of our rankings. Like, five is the best movie in the franchise. And from there, they're just off to the races, and they become like the, like some of the best action movies of the decade. To, to answer your question, I don't know why they made one after this movie. I genuinely have no idea why they made a movie after this because. It doesn't make any sense. Right. I, I'm i interested to know. No, I, so in my kind of research, in, in reading some reviews after I watched it and sort of figuring out where this fits within the um, kind of the, the, the fan opinion or critical opinion. So I get the idea that either this or Tokyo Drift are sort of universally considered to be the worst. Then it seems yes. like four is actually also on that list, right? And then it's like... Yep. So that's weird to me is that like you get this, you get one, which was sort of critically lukewarm, but I know had like a cult following. I just don't understand how you then get all the way. And I, I get that five is sort of the pivot moment and that the one that all fans are like, that's where it all kind of comes together. And that's sort of the universally agreed upon great best one. But like, how did you get to five? I don't know. 
I think okay. so. Here's here's one thing. So the first movie is directed by Rob Cohen, as we talked about. This one's directed by John Singleton, and then Justin Lin does three through six. And so I think having one hand to not only define what the franchise looks and feels like, but actually just continue a story that he starts, I think yeah. helps. Okay. Even if it's not the same characters, really, from three to four, like some of those characters come back in different ways, but like it's not bringing in somebody and teaching them all the new tools. It's just like, here, you know what's going on. Go make another movie. Where does Paul Walker die in this lineage? Like what, what movie is While he? making seven. Okay. And that's one thing that, like, you were saying that, like, you like his weird kind of charm. Like, the one true bit of growth, not for characters, but for actors, is over the course of the franchise, you see him become a better actor. Because mm-hmm. he's not good in this movie. He's not good in the first movie. But, like, by the, by the, either he settles into the role or something, but, like, he's a much different performer by the end of his life than he is at this yeah. point. And, like, it's, I think, indisputably, like, it's, it, it, I don't know if impressive is the right word, but, like, it's noticeable and, like, kind of commendable. Yeah, and that's I mean the one thing that like again like I'm 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 kind of I'm torn because watching this movie made me never want to watch any other movie in the franchise ever again. And at the same time I'm also like but I also like I know there's these other movies out there and like somehow somehow they got good enough to get to like Yeah, right. right? And I kind of now want to know how the fuck that happened or right? <laughs> if I just don't get it and and that I no. you know and it's just not I don't know. I don't know. No, I think you I I think that there is a high likelihood that you would come around and I'm actually <laughs> curious. Now Joey, do you think that John would love Tokyo Drift because I really I, feel like he would. I don't the, so the question I, I don't have know, is I don't but I feel know like he would. I don't know which movie to have you watch next. Like, do you just jump to the good one? Like, going to Tokyo Drift kind of makes sense, but it also doesn't make sense. Mm. Or do you go to four? I think the next one you should watch is four. That sounds so weird. I really I like this does. experiment. <laughs> it sounds so weird. But I, but that's a, I, it's but a like, good choice. But chronologically, choice. it's next. Mm, that's true. Right, 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 right. You at least get Vin Diesel back. You get Jordana mm. Brewster back. You get Michelle Rodriguez back. You get a very simplified, streamlined story that resets things and is Wait, like, but should I go back and see one? Nah. I think you end with one. I think you end with one. Oh. Okay. I was I would have suggested seven next because then you would get like a nice taste but you don't <laughs> get like the good ones. <laughs> right? So you'd uh, be like, oh okay, I can see the day. And, and it would be very confusing how they got like if you bookend just, like two and see, you'd be like, what the fuck happened just in watch between the, like, here? The Rock and Jason Statham one instead. Because yeah. so so realistically the ones you could watch first, they might not make all the sense, but I think the first five all have merits for being watched first. And then I think maybe, we've talked about this before, but Hobbs and Shaw for sure, and then maybe, standalone, yeah. maybe nine, maybe. But six, seven, eight would be tough to watch first, because by that point, there's so much like world building, and they're just like, here's Tej, you know Tej. You're like, not really. It's like, okay, he's a hacker. It's like, well, I still don't know who he is. It's like, that's all you get to know. He's just a hacker. <laughs> He's also a super spy. But, like, more than half these movies you could watch first. Like, the first one I ever saw was five. If you want to just be, like, real weird about it, do Joe's seven. I think the one that makes sort of... you got to save them because you got to watch them with us now at this point. Like, I'm sorry, but, like, <laughs> like I need direct takes on all of these because, yeah, I, 
it's weird, but I'm I'm glad that you you have like a little bit of budding curiosity there. Like, how did this? How does it, how do these movies make a billion dollars now? Right? Like, yeah. so here, here's the other way we could do it, Joe. We could go because we've gotten rankings from about fifty people. We could just have him watch from the worst, worst up to the best. Oh, that's a good idea. Even, I really though, like that. Even though Too Fast is not the worst, I would say like lower than Too Fast in terms of average. What are the average rankings? Do you have them? Yeah, so tied for last are Fate and Hobbs, and then okay. number four, and then Too Fast, and then F9. Nine, you kind of got to save, yeah. <laughs> I think you do four next. I think that's that's my serious one. You do four next. Okay. Yeah, if you want to just get real weird with it, do seven or eight next, because you'd be like, what the fuck? What? No. No, but, I don't think I want to get, I don't I don't think I want to do that. I don't think I want to watch really too much out miss of order. I know, I know. I, I think it. four makes the most sense because when we do them in order, when we release them, we go, we go one, two, four, five, six, three. Like we do them with three later. So I think it makes sense to kind of skip three. Yeah. Because yeah. if you, I think if you watch three next, you're gonna just still be like, I don't know what's going. Like I don't know why this. Continues. Three's not gonna help. Yeah, it's not gonna help. You're. It's gonna be like a different version, of the same experience you just had. Okay. But here's a question that we you can probably give an answer to. So all lap long. In between these Fast and Furious movies, we're watching heist movies. And so for each movie, both the main Fast and Furious movies, but also the heist movies, Joe and I, on our guest, when we have a guest, are nominating a character from that movie to join a heist team that we are building all lap long. Okay. So in the first movie, I nominated Michelle Rodriguez's character, Letty, who won the patrons, our patrons on Patreon.com, chose her. Uh Joe and Jordan, you know Jordan Paul and Clark, both nominated characters that you don't know because they barely they barely come back. One character dies and one's just in a couple <laughs> scenes. And so then last episode, our pit stop, we did Heat, and I forgot to put it up. We only had it open for a day, so we only got five votes. But Joe, ever so slightly edging out the winner by one vote, three to two, Chris Shaherlis, Val Kilmer's character in Heat, makes the Great team choice. by one vote. I still take Robert De Niro personally, but I think they both have a valid argument. I agree. In Too Fast, Too Furious, John, if you were building a heist team, if you were like, I need to find somebody to pick a character from this movie who's going to fill a role, you don't have to really necessarily describe or define the role now, but if you're building on a heist team to take down some score, which character from this movie would you want to recruit to be on that team? No, it's easy. It's the Ava Mendez character. Monica Fuentes. Why That's would you? One. Why pick her? Because she's 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 uh, she's sneaky and she's uh, okay. she's, yeah. she's she hid from the guys in the boat uh, successfully from you know so she didn't she didn't get caught. True. Very very true. So she's yes. good. She's a good. Uh, she's a good little. Uh, what do you call it there? Sleuth? Not a sleuth. What do you call it? Someone who's like the sneaky inside yeah. man. Yeah. yeah. What did yeah. you think of her performance overall in this movie, Ava Mendez? She was the closest thing to a recognizable human being uh, <laughs> anywhere in this cast. That's fair. Yeah, that is fair. That, yeah, that's that's all. I, like I was, I was just clinging on to her because nothing else. Like nobody else in this movie acted anything like a human being, and like I, I, I. That's that's about as close as I got to connecting to any single character. Before we go any further, can I just gripe about two more things that yeah, I just have, I have to get off my chest? Okay. The nightclub scene? Yes. What the fuck is happening? Like, okay, 
Well, just imagine. So we're also like we're doing the the movies minute by minute. Like we yeah. did the whole first movie. We're in the middle of the second movie. So we're for the last month scene. and for the next month, we're in the nightclub scene. So we are, oh we are trapped in this eight minutes of purgatory where we are in the pearl. But yes, please go on. Before we even get to the rat thing, which I'm just like, <laughs> what the fuck? Okay. Yeah. The actual way it's filmed. This is a nightclub that is lit like a like a like a board cafeteria room. it's like cafeteria. A, yeah like a cafeteria it is the least interesting nightclub every and everybody is dancing to a different song if you look at the people like dancing in the background they're all bored yep. as hell it is the most orderly nightclub in the history of the universe like everybody stays in their spot yep. the entire mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. and they're all dancing to very clearly different genres of music uh yep. as, as that is all happening and i'm just like I, like that's the sort of thing. I'm like, how this is the sort of thing you do literally in a in a very low budget like direct to video movie. Um, maybe not even that. You just like cut the nightclub scene. Honestly, as far as that, but, like I'm like, that's not. This does not belong in a big budget major motion picture release. All right, there's that. Okay. So My... the nightclub was real, by the way. They they just like rented an existing nightclub. So like that. Shut up. Wait, Joe. What is it now? Like a quiz? Oh no, it's not a quiz. What? What did it's you a say? Baskin... It, no, Hagen does. It's a Hagen does. <laughs> yes, sorry. Now it's a Hagen does. But that was, but that was a real nightclub, and like the top of it had like astroturf, like oh outside God. on like the roof. But like it existed and looked exact. Like they didn't, they didn't like tone it up for anything. Like, I would just, assume, though, that they wouldn't use bright lighting when they actually had, like... I'm guessing time. not. That's yeah. probably, like, the close-out lighting yeah. when you clean up the nightclub at the end. But everything else, the bar, the, like, the, the chandelier, everything was there. They just came into a nightclub that existed in Miami. Okay, so my biggest gripe, like, the thing that I... I, I assumed that at least in this movie even though I knew it was bad that I would get like good car action and good, like race scenes. And I don't. So first of all, as I said to Joey, when the movie starts, why does nobody else live in that city? And why is it that like the cops only show up at the very end and, and where are they getting all these signs from that they can just close off? It's so weird. Unless you're directly involved with that race. Apparently nobody else lives anywhere close or nearby. Like nobody's out grocery They're shopping in downtown or anything Miami. else. It's They're in downtown Miami. Nuts. Okay. So that drove me insane. And then They're like I... right next to like to like American Airlines. They pass American Airlines Arena right. as they're dra- like they're in firmly <laughs> downtown Miami. Um so the race stuff isn't even good. The car choreography isn't even good. What is the thing where like Tyrese goes into like hyperspace at some point. Like, what is that? What's going on there? Do you know what I'm talking about? There's this scene where, like, oh yeah, he, what the hell? Well, he <laughs> gets the, the NOS. NOS. Yeah, <laughs> is that a thing? Is that yes? A... Okay, great. NOS Look is at... <laughs> a real thing. You don't go into hyperspace. No, I mean in the movies, do we get more hyperspace scenes where the colors start yeah, like kind of? Okay. Fine. There was some um, in the previous <laughs> one, and and there's some in the future ones. Like, yeah, that's kind of. It's like it's like this is like oh, when you hit the Nas, you your color your your, your car starts having t- trails like chem tra- like hallucination trails. That's amazing. I guess if I'd yeah. seen it in the first movie, I'd been less been like, what the fuck is happening? Like, what is this choice? Yes. 
here's my biggest gripe, right? So okay. again, if I wanted to see, I, I would have rather watched the car chase from from Ronan for an hour and forty minutes, right? If I want to like, if I want like cool car action, I did not get it here, and that's really disappointing. The place where I was like mind blown about how absolutely fucking stupid it was was the climactic scene when all the cars come out of the garages the to slam. like confuse the police. And yeah. there's the aerial shots that literally look like a mall parking lot on Christmas Eve. I'm like, what? How is this exciting? All this is is cars moving very slowly in circles around each other. And I'm supposed to be thrilled by this. I don't like nothing about this is in any way exciting to me. And then during the big cop chase, it's very clear that Tyrese and Paul Walker are driving like 20 miles an hour most of the time. And I'm just like, <laughs> what is this? I'm not thrilled. This is, there's nothing about this that is like, because, you know, car chases and car scenes are supposed to like, you feel the adrenaline and the thrill yeah. of it, right? And I get zero of that at any point during this movie. And the movie could have been, I would have forgiven all of the absurd dialogue and everything else if i got that because in triple x you know what i get i get vin diesel jumping for no reason a motorcycle out of a prison camp and while he's jumping the motorcycle punching out a guard on a watchtower and then turning the motorcycle sideways so that he can fit between the two layers of barbed wire in order to escape the motorcycle in slow motion from three different angles. And I'm like, that is how you make a bad fucking movie. This is lazy nonsense and nothing about it is interesting and the cars suck and it's... it's it's. No, I don't think we've ever really talked about it, but I think that specifically car race-wise, we do get better ones in one and three. Okay. You yeah. bring yeah, up yeah. a valid point. I okay. think that... I think that these this is the lowest bar of racing scenes. I think did. people don't like three at the time because they didn't understand what it was doing, and then now it's become a cult favorite. Like it's it's got a lower rating on our thing, but like people seem to like people either get it or they don't. I feel like the real Fast and Furious fans love three pretty. But I think the racing parts are. Like, yeah, I think I think I think the, I think the movie the does things well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think the the only thing that like the drawback people have is that like the main actor Lucas Black is like thirty playing a high schooler. So I think that's like what people <laughs> point out. They're like, mm, it's not great. But to Joe's point, the racing in that is great. The racing in the first one's great. The racing, a lot of them are pretty good. Um, and this yeah, this just doesn't exactly work in that regard, which is kind of remarkable considering this is a one of the quote unquote car movies as opposed to an action movie. Right. It's a John Singleton thing specifically in this is how he shoots the races because as we're breaking them down minute by minute, I'm noticing a lot of differences that there's like a lot of their facial expressions in the car as opposed to both uh, Rob Cohen, Justin Lin. They like to show you a lot of like pedal, gear shift, side of car. Mm Mm-hmm eyes quickly but that but it's mostly like the actions of them dress like speedometer gear shift pedal like it's a lot more of that than we see with john singleton that's good to know okay. if that makes sense you know no, what I'm saying? It's just no, like, look i 100 percent like everything you're saying i'm like yeah that's what drove me nuts is that i, I don't care 
what their facial expression is. Like, I'm not interested. It's not, like... Yeah, because it doesn't convey speed really well. Like, I no. think he does a good job with, like, the neon lighting and, like, you know, driving past stuff. Like, that <laughs> That does pretty decent. But, like, the just, like, looking at Brian's face the whole time while he's in the car or hearing what he's saying when they're having a conversation that they can't be having between two cars while they're both racing in separate cars is, like... If you separate that out, yeah, I can see why you're like, oh, these aren't the great chases. Yeah, nobody should say, like, you know what's interesting about this car chase scene? Uh, the face of a white guy named Brian. Like, that's, you know, that's not something that any yeah. director should ever uh, conclude. Speaking of white guys named Brian, Joe, who would you recruit for your heist <laughs> team from this movie? Okay, so I had a hard time with this one because I don't think that there's actually a lot of great candidates. So I had to go back and forth a yeah, bunch. This is, this is, is it safe to say this is our most incompetent as a whole bunch of characters? I think so. I, yeah. I think that for the heist team, I think that we have a very, very low bar here. So I had to go with someone with some extracurriculars, okay? Mm-hmm. I took Tej from this heist team okay. because I think his networking abilities is something that you can't lose. Like, if you're that much of an extrovert, no matter where we place him, he will not befriend a bunch of people. And I think just knowing people around based on, like, how he's conducting stuff in Miami sure. is a valuable asset to have. Like, later on we see, you know, he still has connections to get stuff that we might need and stuff like that later. So, like, I think that that does play well. Maybe he doesn't have all of his skills that we get later here, but I think that based on, like, the networking aspect alone, and huge detraction, he's not driving here, right? Well, because but at I, this point in his life, he doesn't drive, because he, he hit a wall doing a buck do 20, a buck right? So, like, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. So, like, that's a huge detraction, but I think that's still based solely on the, like, you know, if you were like, hey, we're in this place, can we get, like, one of these things? He'd be like, I know a guy. I met him at the bar last night. You know what I mean? Like that. And I think that that's kind of the the place and space that I have for him in the team right now. Cool. Yeah, This sure. This is ludicrous we're talking about, right? Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. My pick is someone, realistically, I would have gone with Monica Fuentes. I think she's the one. I, I'm not exactly sure... Her if skills I want are to be good. picking cops, even though she's kind of like a murky cop, whatever. But who I'm going with, I'm going with Jimmy, MC Jin. He is the Asian dude in the crew. Yes. John, oh, I love guy. him. I was going to say, yeah, I like that guy. So yeah. he's like a rapper in real life. He's yeah. like a performer, whatever. Yeah. So again, what I said before, not a lot of great options here. No, definitely <laughs> At not. At some point on the heist team, it's going to be good to have a mechanic. And I know that like later on, if we have Doms, if we have whoever everybody's going to be a mechanic of some kind, but I don't know that I want to waste, you know, it's the same thing that like when we had the argument in the first episode, Joe, where you're like, Dom could keep Vince in line. And Jordan was like, but do you want him to worry about keeping Vince in line? Like, I don't want Dom under the hood of a car. I want Dom doing things that Dom needs to do. So I think having a mechanic on staff will be good. I that's, think that's pretty valid argument. I, I like think that. he can be the entertainment. He can, yeah, he rap, can rap. He can do yeah. whatever. Yeah. And seems I like think... a fun guy. He's he, he, like to to your to the opposite of you guys being like Vince could be like a locker room cancer. Jimmy seems like a guy that like everybody's going to get along with. Yep. That like he's totally he'll play cards. He'll work on the cars. He can rap a little bit like he'll bring up the mood. And if, totally we, if we end the lap with 20 characters and he's one of the 20 and we're building a team of 10, there's almost no way he makes that team of 10. No, but no. from this movie, in terms of the people who like would be interested in per performing a heist, 
I think Jimmy is the best option. He's the best of a bunch of bad options. So I'm going to go with Jimmy as played by MC Jin. So, you know, we got, I have Jimmy, Joe has Tej, and John has Monica Fuentes. Yeah, I think that that's a solid, that's a solid lineup. I I have, in my head, when I was trying to pick who I was going to take, all three of these came up. I mean, it's not Brian. It's not Roman. I think you could make, like, a case for Roman based on his, like, driving, but he's so, like, raw and, like, unnatural, like John was saying, that, like, (laughs) I don't know if I want this Roman specifically. Not that he gets, like, better, but I think he gets, like, a little bit better skills-wise, so I'm like, eh... Because, like, even in, you know, in so in, in 5, John, they have, like, a Ocean's Eleven style, like, we gotta, you know, we need this guy, we need this guy, we need this guy, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, like, they get Roman because he's the chameleon. He can blend and he can do whatever. No, no, uh, Han is the chameleon. Oh, Han's the chameleon. No, oh, Roman's, Roman's the fast talker. Sorry. Roman's the yeah. fast talker. <laughs> he can he can sweet talk anybody. Which, like, yes. But they send him to do the one time in the movie, they're like, go do this thing, and he fails at it. So, like, they, they hire him for a job. <laughs> That he does not perform. So that's maybe the most competent version of Roman in a way. Mm. And he yes, still is bad true. at what he does. So I don't know. Yeah, this is maybe the, the Roman you pick. But also, I don't think Roman's ever going to make the team. Sorry to Roman. We love you. But, you know. My my uh, my choice choice B, because uh, I, I spent a lot of time feeling bad for him in the beginning of the movie, was the guy who can't pay his rent now because he lost the race. Oh, yes. Like, yeah. Slapjack. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I felt bad for him. So Yeah. And plus his girlfriend's like beating on him and everything, right? So (laughs) Don't gamble with money you can't afford to lose, man. That's rule number one. I guess. Yeah. Or just learn to drive better. I don't know. John, did you have any other thoughts? Oh, here's actually here's a point. So we've talked about this before, but in that race, there's the bridge jumping scene, right? And Suki Mm. knows that she's not going to win the race, yet she still jumps over the bridge, successfully makes it over the bridge but effectively kind of totals her car. Like, she's going to need a couple thousand dollars in damage, you know, repairs, right? So, yeah, like, yeah. We're, trying to, we're trying to get some kind of answer other than, like, the bragging rights of, hey, I made that jump. Do you have any reason why you think Suki would do that jump knowing she can't win the money and she's only going to cost herself more money in the long run? I don't know, man. Suki is a wild card. That's all I got to say. She, it's uh, true. Unpredictable, that's Suki. <laughs> I mean, I feel bad that none of us picked Suki for this, but also, like, we just don't know enough about Suki. Like, she draws, she hangs out in bikinis. Yeah. That's about it. Yeah, no idea. Uh, Was there anything about this movie that you did like? Like, genuinely found enjoyable? No. <laughs> like, I'm trying to think. I'm like, no, there isn't. I, I no. I, I think what Joe and I kind of talked about sort of seeing the the friendship between Paul Walker uh, and Tyrese uh, emerge mm-hmm. is kind of charming um, and sweet. And the the only thing that to me is absurd that lands is like how white Paul Walker is in this like very not white world. <laughs> and I don't even know if that's like intentional, but that's funny. But like that I find entertaining because I'm just like, this dude is the whitest guy on earth and is in this movie where he's clearly the odd duck in this movie and this is you know not not to be crass or put it bluntly but like this is the black fast and furious the only black director they ever had yeah Yeah. introduced the two longest running black characters like this is by and large the black fast and furious and so brian even just like in a normal movie would be awkward and out of place even more awkward even more out of place here right it's just like ooh. 
Yeah, I didn't even like James Remar in this movie, and that that's I like James Remar a lot. So that you know, if you want to hear me and John talk about James Remar, head into the the depths of CageClub.me's back folders that are not really public to find all of our episodes of Sports for Starters, where we talked about Dexter every Ooh. week for no reason, really. <laughs> Did we talk about Dexter a lot? I don't remember. That we we talked, talked about, about Dexter all the time because it was in the bad seasons, and we're just like, we hate this show. We got to yeah. talk about it somewhere. It wasn't during okay. I wasn't during Trinity that we were okay. Yeah, you're right. It was. I don't remember. However old, whenever Teddy was born, whatever season know. that was on. Time is a flat circle. I don't know. Do you have any yeah. notes about this movie or no? Me? You? No. Except like, <laughs> genuinely genuinely the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. Like I, I, again, like there's something profound about that, that because you needed someone to talk to today, I gave up 21 years of not watching these movies. It was my wagon, man. It was my wagon. It was my cool party fact that I no longer have where I, you know, it's going to be even funnier. Have you ever said at a party? You know, I've never seen a fast and furious movie. Uh, no, but I certainly have in like social settings where people well, like, now you can say like joe's saying i've only seen the second one i've only seen too fast <laughs> people are gonna be like what the fuck like how <laughs> like it's a long story i waited 19 years to watch too fast and that's the only one that i've seen um yeah people I are gonna be story, I, I think but... it's even better i think people are because like you could be like oh yeah i haven't seen it and you're like yeah i've seen one too fast and yeah like, when when it came out you're like no like six months ago the the only thing that I will say that I like I am glad to have started here. I I am now genuinely just as almost like a science experiment curious to kind of see how this thing became the thing that it is and and the the wild apparently wild inconsistency of the quality of these movies and like how that how that works. Which I mean is that like part of the chart? Like is that part of the appeal though? Yeah, is that like it, they are all over the place? A thousand percent. Okay. It's like, you know, I like I always tell Rachel, like Led Zeppelin made a song for everyone, right? Like mm. every genre of like music. That. Yeah. And like, you know, you got some jazz, you got some classic rock, like you got Too Fast, you got Five, which you got the Italian job 2 that mm-hmm. just happens to be dropped into the middle of the Fast and the Furious franchise for no reason. <laughs> literally and like john i will say we have rankings from like 70 people and three people have this as their favorite fast and furious movie so like rachel loves it too fast is like one of her favorite fast and furious movies yeah there is a fast and furious for everybody everybody likes them in different amounts i have this last but yeah three people out of like the 70 people we've talked to have this as number one so wild crazy wild i also will say like one more thing. If I had never seen Triple X, I might have liked this more because this would be that level of absurd. But because I've seen Triple X, I've seen a movie that's this bad, but also incredibly See, but like, entertaining. Thing, like, I don't think this is absurd. I think them jumping a car into a boat yeah, at the end is crazy. This but is like, like a very grounded this Fast is, and the Furious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's absurd. What I mean absurd, absurd in like just how indulgently bad it is. Like how, like how the the dialogue doesn't make any sense how like nobody seems like they are in the same movie, like absurd in terms of like all of these choices. Cinema- Those things get worse too, because like <laughs> there is literally a movie where like Vin Diesel and the rock are the two main actors in the movie. And they're like, not on screen together, like on set together. But that's Vin Diesel and the rock. It's not Paul Walker and Tyrese. Like those two people are interesting 
in some way where you could just have them do anything and it would be interesting. Uh, so I don't know. All right. Are you ready now to find out which character you are? Yes, let's do it. I'm this. excited to find out, actually. So there are seven questions. There are six multiple choice answers per question. Just pick whatever answer most applies to you. You know, either you persona like you want to build or just truth, reality, whatever you want. You can explain your answers or not. And I know you well enough that I'll know if you're lying. But are you ready to find out which Fast and Furious character you are? Yes, but real quick, I feel like I did this on the last episode and I feel like I was Dom. But I don't don't check because I want to do it again. So like, I don't he know said that you, you didn't did. have it. I, 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 I thought I looked. I don't know. Whatever. Who cares? Pretend it didn't. Even if I did. Let's go. If If you did this quiz, I didn't write you down. So we'll find out. Great. How fast are you? NASCAR, roller coaster, Lamborghini Murcielago, Toyota Prius, Vespa, <laughs> or Razor Scooter? Oh boy. Um, I would say Toyota Prius. Now you know what's coming. How furious are you? The Hulk, mm. Kylo Ren, Christian Bale in that one movie set that one time, Mel Gibson, Charlie Brown, or Jack McBrayer? It depends on the day. Uh, yeah, yeah. Boy, I think when I get furious, uh, I'm very much the, you know, oh, good for you uh, kind of furious. So I'm going to say Christian Bale on the set. Not a lot of people say that. So that's very exciting. That's a good answer. Yeah, time. that's a good answer. Yeah. John, we're having a barbecue. How are you helping? <laughs> are you on the grill? Are you saying grace? Are you kicking back with a beer? Are you babysitting? Are you being the entertainment or are you sneaking a snack? I am kicking back with a beer. That's my helpful contribution. You've got time to kill. What are you doing? Are you grabbing a bite, working on your car, hanging with friends, drinking a beer again, working out, or doing some work on your computer? Doing some work on my computer. I'm going to say right now with three questions to go, I don't think you're going to be dumb. Describe your wedding. I'm never getting married. I will not tell Courtney if you see that, if you say that answer. Mm-hmm. I'm, it's just me and my partner. It's <laughs> us and our families. It's a backyard country affair. Everyone I know is there. I don't remember. Uh, it's a backyard country affair. You just won the lottery. Congratulations. What are you buying? Your own garage, a private plane. <laughs> I'm gambling it all away. My child at home. A fleet of cars or a new life? My childhood home. What is your drink of choice? Belgian ale, Corona, something fruity, water, whatever's <laughs> cheapest, or just, you know, Joe's getting a drink. Just give me one of whatever you're having. I'll, I'll have one of whatever Joe's having. You are ever, ever, ever so slightly yeah. one of the more popular characters with 42 points, two characters right behind with 41 John, you are Mr. Nobody. You are a Kurt Russell oh. character who shows up for the first time in Seven. Oh. People see you as a bit of a mystery, and you love it. You've got more going on than anyone realizes, but your greatest joy comes from executing a plan perfectly and leaving <laughs> everyone around you wondering how you pulled it off. You're great at keeping secrets, but you're always willing to help those who can help you. You don't have family, so to speak, because letting people too close might dissipate some of your mystical aura, so you'll settle for friends, and you drive Drive like the wind wind blows. Nice. Speaking of which, at no point in this movie did anybody say the word family and i'm like what the fuck am i watching this is not it's a dom thing and he's not i i was so disappointed i'm like i thought that was the i thought that was the line i thought that was like the may the force be with you of the fast and furious movies and i was like 
Nah. I actually don't think that they save. I don't. I actually don't think we need to look up um Mark's uh like thing on it because like I think that they don't say family a ton. Well, that's the thing. It's like people are like, oh, they say family all the time. They do Coronas all the time. It's just like, well, not, not really. It's just like those are the iconic images that like stand out, but like on a per minute basis, not really. Yeah, this movie, John, is forget about it, cuh. That that's like the the line. We ain't hungry. Yeah, we ain't hungry. Yeah, the, the, those are the iconic no lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or he got, I, wait, he got bad habits. I like that one, but that's just a personal one. Those did stand out to me. Yeah, it is time to play this ain't no ten second race, oh. aka boy, do we have a podcast for you? Boy, do we have a podcast for you? Come and check out our show. Yeah, yeah. So this is where we go on Twitter.com, a.k.a. The Bird app, and find any tweet from anybody who's not already listened to the show and say, hey, you should be listening to Too Fast, Too Forever. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. So before we do this episode's tweets, I'm going to review last episode when we had Jordan on. I found Two Minutes to Late Night at 2M2LN, the internet radio music talk show, whatever. Honestly, my only film industry goal is to try and direct the Fast and Furious movie where they go back in time and plan a horseback heist to steal shit from King Philip IV or something. And we said we would watch the hell out of that movie over and over and over again. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. And they did not interact with us, of course, not a swing and a miss. <laughs> Joe, you found Taylor Martins at JT Martins 28. Vince has one of the best character arcs in the Fast and Furious franchise for someone who is only in two movies. A tweet from four years ago, we responded, we said, we unanimously, asterisk, agree that if we were starting a heist team, Vince would be our first choice. Another asterisk. Boy, we do have a podcast for you. And believe it or not, Taylor Martins who did not tweet that for four four years ago, but still active on Twitter, did not interact, swing, and a miss. Jordan found strip clubs are sad discos at sad discos SCR, quote tweeting a video of Jason Momoa teasing what to expect from his Fast 10 character. And strip club says, I can't wait to shock my grandkids when they get to see Fast and Furious 43. Now this thing started with a race car gang that owned a failing restaurant. And we said, hey, we should give Toretto, we should go give Toretto's Cafe five stars on Yelp. Hope COVID didn't kill it. Boy, do we have a podcast <laughs> for you. And we got a like, but not from the account. We got one from Ma- Make NASCAR Great Again, someone who follows us on Twitter. So unfortunately, 0 for 3 across the board, no points. Damn. John, this seems like it should be the easiest game in the world. And yet, no one ever... Interact with us. Like, it sometimes happens, but like it's so rare. Um, but while Joe finds his, can you please read your tweet, who it's from, what it's quote tweeting, and then we will respond to it from our account. Sure. Hold on one second. I got to bring it up. So I will say, as you bring that up, is a quote tweet of the news from today from the Fast Saga, Fasten Your Seatbelts, Fast X or Fast 10 is now in production. So that's the quote tweet that is quote tweeted in the tweet that we're responding to. Okay, so this is from, uh, I'm guessing Lewis, uh, though it might be Louis. It's L-O-U-I-S, which is okay. sometimes either of the two. I'm going to say it's Louis uh, Rabinowitz, at Louis Rabinowitz. Mm-hmm. And he says, those absolutely beautiful bastards did it again. Another new naming scheme for a Fast and Furious <laughs> sequel. Which is true. They, they're nothing if not inconsistent. John, uh, in England, they're just called, like, 
Fast and the Furious 1, 2, 3, 4, <laughs> 5. It's, it's only in America that we have given them completely a logical name. Like, they, none of the naming scheme makes any sense. No, I actually, I love the name. Like, the, the, the other thing that I was disappointed about today is that for the last 19 years, Too Fast, Too Forever was just a thing I used to make fun of, like, the names of sequels. Um, no, too fast, too furious. Not too fast, too furious. No, too fast, too furious. Uh, yeah, was, yeah, was was and and um, I no, I the one thing I've always enjoyed about the Fast Saga is how none of the titles make any goddamn sense. Well, like and... aside from Break Into Electric Boogaloo, the only <clears throat> the only movie titles that people use as punchlines for the title factor alone are from this franchise. Well, yes. I use Die Dark Man Die because I also that one's amazing as well. That's Dark Man Three. Die Bart um, Die the Bart the. No, Dark Man Three, Die Dark Man Die, um, is to me the greatest sequel name of all time. Um, I guess also like Die Hard and Die Harder and Die Hard with a Vengeance, like those, but not yeah. really. Like people, like there are like the there's the meme on Twitter where it's like listing out like to Moana to whatever, right? Like it's just yeah. it's it doesn't even fit, but they just still fit into the naming scheme. So yeah, it's fun. So what are we saying to Lewis and those beautiful bastards? Did it again? How do you want to respond to this tweet? Oh, wait, Lewis goes on. I, can, I, can I say what Lewis says about his own tweet? Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Sure. He says, it's, by the way, this tweet has gotten a lot of... Uh, yeah, it's, lot it of blew attention. up. He says, not a single one of these sequel names have cohered. <laughs> these guys have done numbers, subtitles, different one-word titles, puns, <laughs> and abbreviations. No consistency. Now it's Roman numerals. My heart is full. <laughs> yes. It's beautiful. So I'm going to respond uh, to the second one. So how do you want to say, and if you need some help, Joe is, I will give Joe credit. He's not good at, he's not good at getting points, but he's good at writing tweets that I feel should work for the game. So if you need mm. some suggestions, Joe can help. Or if you have a thing, because we're going to end it with Boy of a Podcast for you and link to the show. But how do you want to customize this tweet so that Lewis, in theory, I follows think we, ours? Or I, think we, I think we have to go with like a, we are too excited for you to join in listening <laughs> to like our podcast and in parentheses Tokyo Drift. Like you know what I mean? Like you have to do a combination of all of like goofy titling things and then be like listen to our podcast Fast and Furious presents <laughs> like boy do we have a podcast for you. I'm saying Pod we are next. so I I was doing that already. So we are Fast and Furious presents colon two the number two excited number four you number two join boy and <laughs> yes. listen join and listen to our podcast colon Tokyo Drift boy do we have a podcast for you. <laughs> yes, perfect. That, that's a, I mean you don't have to use that. No, no, it makes go. as much sense. Like it, I know what I said sounds like nonsense, but reading it makes as little sense so yeah it's out there in the world there you go all right joe you sent yours please hit us with your tweet this is also a quote tweet oh wait, no mine's a quote tweet yours is not a quote tweet yes please hit us with yours mine's from madison at maddie 2022 life whose profile says family is everything she says okay so i'm a huge fan of fast and furious saga and i just want to know are they going to bring gal gadot back because they brought back everyone else, and I want my fa- favorite character back, too, question mark. We anxiously await the return of Gal, and we have so many theories on how this could happen. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. We anxiously await the return of Gal, and we have so many theories as to how this could happen. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Yep. I found Doit at DOE. 
quote tweeting the Academy at the Academy. If you could own any vehicle from a film, which would you choose and why? Which oh. I quote tweeted and said from our account, I'll take any as long as it's a 10 second car. But Doit says, Suki's pink Honda from Too Fast, Too Furious. No further explanation. None needed. And I'm just going to say, no. yeah, exactly. No further explanation needed. Boy, John, the inside for you. The inside of her seats were crafted lovingly with uh, floor mats for your bathroom. That's why oh, it's so fuzzy. Nice. Yeah, a little inside. inside it's also the car that the villain in the first movie drives, repurposed for this movie, which is pretty funny. Yeah, a lot of the cars are repurposed in this so. movie from the first movie. Well, John, thank you for not only breaking your streak and watching a movie and hating that movie, but for joining us to talk about it. So I really appreciate you bailing us out of the last minute and breaking your streak for us, falling off that wagon. You are no longer sober. You're no longer abstinent. You are now part of the hashtag family. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think you, you, but you articulated and that's always, you know, what we ask. That's like, that's the best thing you can do. And like, you're allowed to not like it. I'm, I mean, you'll come around eventually when you watch it for the you'll sixth You'll realize time. that you're wrong. Yeah. It's I'm okay. just I'm just glad it's the worst one in the franchise, according to basically everybody. That's, yeah. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll say that much. Yeah. So it can only go uphill from here. Exactly. Is there anything, and I know that there is, because that's also why I brought you on. What would you like to plug? What would you like to promote? What would you like to talk about? Where can people find you if you want more of you in the world? This comes out. Tuesday, so this is a hard to believe week, not a 1999 the week. But please hit us with both. Yeah, well, yesterday a new episode of Hard to Believe came out, and that comes out every Monday, every other Monday from yesterday forever. I get, you know what I mean? I don't know how to say that. Too fast, too forever. We know it. In <laughs> in days ending in uh, odd numbers or even numbers, depending on the month. I don't know. Anyway, uh, so yeah, uh, every other Monday, I'm every Monday I have a podcast. How's that? Is that good? Every That's Monday. a much simpler way of saying it. You can find a podcast that I'm on every Monday. Uh, you, hard have, to you have a very simple release structure, release schedule that you set up, and somehow yeah. you managed to say it in the most convoluted <laughs> way possible. You'll find a podcast I'm on on Monday. Which podcast will it be? Depends on the Monday. I don't know. Every other, every other Monday I'm on. Every other Monday I'm not on. Except for the episodes that I am on. If you subscribe to Hard to Believe, um, and if you subscribe to 1999 The Podcast with me and Joey, you will get to listen to me talk every Monday about either religion slash philosophy slash conspiracy theory slash other assorted fun, interesting stuff. Which are about, very fun. Yeah. Uh, about the weird stuff that human beings believe and, and do and think and say, or about the film canon of 1999, um, which is what I'm doing with Joey and is new. And uh, there are now two, one episode. Still, <laughs> still well, two, one episodes. Episode. two episodes, two um, episodes, but, but one movie and a new one coming up on Monday, which is going to be a good one. So um, what's our next? Is it, is it, Phantom Menace, or something before that? It's the Phantom Menace. Ooh. I watched, and I this makes more sense on this show, even though it doesn't make any sense on the show. I watched last night the trailers for, the original trailers for the Blair Witch and Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. Oh. And I know that I have the benefit of hindsight, but like, watching the Phantom Menace trailer, I'm like, how was anyone excited for this? Like, <laughs> it, like, I understand, I understand the hype, I understand why people were excited, but like, people yeah. going to buy movie tickets to another, and I'm sure we'll talk about that too, but I'm just like, watching this, and it's like, this looks bad. Like I don't. Blair Witch I, Project trailer was great though, yeah. right? 
I, I don't know that I saw the original original Blair Witch trailer because like it has like pull quotes from like Peter Travers and stuff, which is like I think that was it. It might have been. It seemed, but like I just want like this is like a thing that somebody found in a closet somewhere and just like we cut a trailer together. Like I want like more like the authentic like the word of mouth, but. Yeah, I watched those last night in preparation for the next two episodes we're recording. So I'm very excited to talk about both those movies on 1999, the podcast. Me too. And I got to say, like, I actually think that the Phantom Menace trailer is one of the great trailers of all time. And I think it also is one of the really? like, I think it's also a really kind of groundbreaking trailer that it really changed the way that people did trailers um, Interesting. from that point forward. So um, I haven't gone back and watched it, but like I do, I know all the scenes and how it plays out. And um the other sort of like uh, TV spot trailers for Phantom Menace, the tone poems were amazing and and like better than the movie itself. So um, uh, it's an interesting thing that you say that because I, I, I also understand why sort of as someone looking at it kind of objectively, right? Like not having had the sort of memory of of at the moment that you would that you would say that but i also realized that i, I might have been saying a lie all podcast long i might have seen phantom menace in theaters if there were oh, any, wow. if there was any movie i saw in theaters that year that we're going to cover <clears throat> it would have been phantom menace i think well if you uh were paying attention to the austin powers trailer uh that instructed you to do that so um it the, that trailer literally said if you see one movie this summer Make sure it's Star Wars. And if you see two movies, see Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me, which was the funniest thing about that movie. Uh, everything else about that movie is is not so funny. But we're going to cover it eventually, and we're going to have a good talk about The Phantom Menace. I just looked up on Letterboxd lists of car movies, and I found the one that had the, the most. And I don't know if this is a car movie necessarily because it's not listed in the, in the write-up. I've never heard of this movie, but we might need to cover this movie just because it's a car movie. Have you seen, or we have plans to cover the movie Two Hands? I've never heard of it. Heath Ledger and Rose Byrne. Wow. Interesting. A 19-year-old finds himself in debt to a local gangster when some gang loot disappears and sets him on the run from thugs. Meanwhile, two street kids start a shopping spree when they find the missing money. Only 7,000 people have seen it on Letterboxd, but it has an average rating of 3.6, which is very, very high. So. Wow. Whether we do it on that show or this show, I think Two Hands with Heath Ledger and Rose Byrne feels like a movie we might have to do. So I like the cut of that movie's jib, as it were. Um, pretty, pretty cool. Maybe we'll cross over. We'll see. But next week, I know what we are definitively doing. So, Joe, when we were doing Heat, I was like, I don't know where we go from here. We just watched maybe the best heist movie. I'm kind of worried what's going to come from the rest of the lap, blah, blah, blah. And then I remembered, oh, wait, there's no need to, there's no need to be worried. Do you know okay. what movie we're doing next, Joe? Do you have any no, idea? No, I have no idea. What is it? Utah, get me to, we are doing Point Break. Oh, so, okay, perfect. Yeah, beautiful. Wes just responded to one of our tweets. What did he say? Hold on. <laughs> Never mind. That was about our my, my amazing upper class joke about Fast X, your seatbelts. He wanted to give us both negative favorites for this. Get out of here, Wes. Get out of here, Wes. But yes, next week is Point Break, which I'm very excited about. I've not seen that in a couple years, maybe, so. Really? Rachel's going to be so pissed. I, I put it on, like, once a week. I mean, I've seen it probably five or six times. I saw it with a live score in Austin. I'll talk about that. Like, I, I love this movie, obviously. No, but, but I'm yeah, saying, not... like, it's one of these that's always on TV, and every time it's on TV, I'm like, I put it on, and she's like, God damn it, not Point Break again. 
I feel like I do the same thing with uh, as I'm driving around in my car, speaking of cars, uh, I look through the Sirius XM radio just to see because it's always on for the Harry Styles song as it was, which is a great song. But like if I'm in town like getting dinner and there's like an eight minute drive, I will find it twice in eight minutes. Like it's just <laughs> on every channel. So like I play a game now. How many times can I find the Harry Styles song on Sirius XM before I get home? And the answer is usually two. I've been playing a game where somebody wearing all black runs in front of my car at least once a day. Very exciting. Very, very exciting. <laughs> All right. Well, John, thank you again for joining us and thank you for listening and for all things Too Fast Too Forever. You go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash Too Fast Too Forever or at Too Fast Too Forever on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, family at cageclub.me. Check out our Patreon page at TooFastTooForever.com and our store at TooFastTooForever.shop and come back next week for the Keanu Reeves, Patrick Swayze, Gary Busey joint. Point break. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe too. And that was John Brooks of Hard to Believe and 1999 the podcast and we'll tell you all about it. See you.